Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I mean, it is like Groundhog Day around here in Hamilton, Ohio. You wake up, it doesn't matter where you are, you jump on a road from this direction or that direction to roll into Hamilton, Ohio, and I mean, not a cloud to be found in the sunny skies above. Gorgeous out there, Tom. A little chilly, a little chilly. Well, it's supposed to warm up today, though. But, I mean, yeah, it gets warm every day here in Hamilton. It really does. It's amazing. It is amazing. Thank God. I mean, you get into Hamilton and you feel different. Different. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way 10A. Oh. Uh, to 12p thank you very much monday through friday that's eastern time thank you casey for being on these guys over here are always sleeping you're always even with the change change up yeah, i, I got gotcha. you, you i did i threw a change today. up and i wanted to find out who's on their game and i found out immediately you casey you're on it casey i'm on sitting it. on it you're on it you can find us on youtube chatterbox sports page we also broadcast live on twitter now known as x and if you'd like to join us in podcast form, by all means, just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Huge news in the NFL just moments ago. Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson is out for the year with a broken shoulder. He will undergo surgery to repair it and is expected back next season. Watson had already missed three games this year with a sore shoulder, and some people around here were beating him up. He broke it during the game against Baltimore on Sunday and stayed in and went 14 for 14, leading the Browns to the win. So, look, there are a lot of things you can say about Deshaun Watson. You can't say he's not tough. Yeah, maybe that was the secret. I mean, a quarterback throwing the football 14 for 14 with a broken shoulder. I'm going to stay away from the back half of that. P.J. Walker is expected to take over as a starter. He is 2-1 and one in three starts this season. That is huge news. Huge news. And look, doesn't matter what you feel about Watson, and you have every right to feel however you want to feel about him as a guy. Um, and a lot of people around Cincinnati are not going to give sympathy to the Browns. I get it. I understand it. But this really is a shame. Because when the Browns are good, it makes it exciting for football because they are one of the truly historic franchises in this game. Yeah, historically bad. Well, they have been. But I'm, I'm still saying it's good for the division. It's good for football. And I, I'm sorry to see this happen to the guy. I don't know him. I know all the stuff that he's done. Uh, but I'm just sorry to see when anybody gets hurt. The clock is a ticking, boys and girls, for tomorrow night's game, the showdown game. In Baltimore. Needless to say, a huge one for your Cincinnati Bengals. If they have any chance at all to win the division and a home playoff game, they have to win this game. Period. They're already 0-2 in the division, 1-4 in the conference. A loss all but guarantees those things will not happen. If they have a fighter's chance just to reach the playoffs, they probably need a win. That's a probably. It's a probably. Week five of last season, the Ravens beat the Bengals in a hard-fought 1917 decision. They also have a win against Cincinnati back in week two this year. Joe Burrow, he knows what's at stake, boys and girls. Tom, I don't think we ever got that press conference. <laughs> Apologize. Bueller, 
I, 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 I do not Bueller. have that. I do not have that. Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Sum up what he said in the press conference, Tom. That's, that's on us. That's on us. What, what, what the hell are you laughing about over there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What are you laughing about over there? I don't know. You do know. I because do something made you laugh. What was it? It was, I, it was just the preposterous. It was, this situation here is preposterous. That was absolutely <laughs> on me. Casey tasked me with doing that, Tom, and I didn't do that. So I apologize. We move on. The NFL has suspended Texans linebacker Denzel Perriman for three games without pay for repeated violations of players' safety rules just over the weekend. He smashes helmet to helmet with Jamar Chase. Perryman can appeal this decision. There's a new number one in college football, and it comes as no surprise. The college football rankings last night now has two-time defending champion Georgia leapfrogging Ohio State after the dogs' dominant win over number nine Ole Miss. Number nine Ole Miss. I mean, saying that is like an oxymoron. The Buckeyes played their most complete game in a 38-3 route of Michigan State. They sit at number two. The team up north at number three. Number four, a little controversy. It's still Florida State over Washington. Now, you tell me. Washington has three wins over top 25 teams, including the, the, the team a lot of people think is the best team in the country. Number six, Oregon. The Seminoles have one win over a top 25 team. And that is three loss LSU in the season opener. I'm not so sure they'd want to play LSU right now. Tonight, it's big time action, boys. Can I hear a action? Action. Ohio University hosts Central Michigan looking for win number eight. Miami, up the road. They're already lined up. They got tents out there outside of Jaeger Stadium looking for their ninth win. Buffalo comes a call in tonight. College basketball season kicks into full gear last night. This is when they have that little tournament in Chicago, back-to-back. Not a tournament, but just back-to-back, doubleheader. Big-time teams. Last night, no different. Number one, Kansas rallies from 14 down to beat Cal, my guy Cal. 89-84. Now, Kentucky did play, did not play, forgive me, uh, without its top three big men. They didn't have those guys. They weren't in uniform. And Kansas center Hutter Dickinson, who transferred from Michigan, took full advantage. 27 points, 21 rebounds. But look, if you're a big blue fan, and there are a lot of them around here, there's a lot to get excited about. That Kentucky team's going to be good. Earlier in the night, Duke beat Michigan State 74-65. Elsewhere, number four, Marquette, down to Illinois, ranked 23rd, 71-64. The local front, NKU over DePaul. That's with a W. That's a season-defining win there. That's a big win. Throw out the record books when NKU faces <laughs> off against they're DePaul. Gonna play, they're going to play Wabash next and maybe <laughs> Franklin College and Rose Holman, all the D3 schools over there in Indiana. That is a, an 85-68 final. NKU, their season-defining win early last year was against the University of Cincinnati. Those two teams play this weekend. Baseball news, Brandon Hyde. Of Baltimore, named the American League's Manager of the Year. The Marlins' Skip Shoemaker won the National League's Manager of the Year. It's interesting that Torrey Lavello of Arizona finished fourth. 
And the Reds' David Bell finished a distant sixth. I mean, now I understand the Schumacher thing, right? Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. Now, the guys who finished second and third were managing teams that were expected to play in the World Series, and neither one did, right? Yep. And, and then all of a sudden you got Lavello. Two years ago, the team loses 100 games. They sneak in. They go to the World Series. And then you have David Bell, who takes a team that lost over 100 last year and had a winning season this year. Who are these guys voting for this stuff? You're going to put Brian Snicker I mean, ahead of Tori Lavello? I know they won more games, but they had a better team. Uh so the Tory, I think if you could take postseason into account for these voting, which they can't because they vote on this before the postseason starts, they probably Tory Lavella would probably win that, win that managerial uh, award. But the David Bell thing, I've argued with people about this. Why does David Bell get any credit for coming in third place in I, the worst division in the National League? No, now come on now, it, it, that doesn't have anything. Yeah, that has something to do with it. But the bottom line is the Reds were in contention from June on. And a team that basically had an entire roster full of rookies, by and large, mm-hmm. by and large. Um, and they lost over 100 games a year ago. I mean, look, I'm not David Bell's biggest fan in the world. But, I mean, he certainly deserves to finish better than sixth in the National League Manager of the Year voting. I mean, come on. Six seems a little preposterous. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good. RM says we got to start whipping up some interns into shape to help this operation. I think we need better Wi-Fi, too. Oh, boy. Is it down? Yes. I believe it's down. So we're not, we're not streaming at all? No. All right. Well. Hmm. Not streaming. Try to get a hot spot. What happened? Did, did headlines kill, kill the, head, the Wi-Fi again? What a fucking joke, no. dude. No. And that's not it. Spur just went back there and checked, and it's on, so I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. No, I don't. Thanks, Spur. I have to cut this out of the podcast portion of it. I'll let you all know when we're back. What time's the guy coming on? 15. I just, I just sent him a text. I said, Wi-Fi's down. Stick with us for a minute. Was it ever up? It was up for 10 minutes or so, but... Yeah, we... Personal hotspot will only be available over Bluetooth and USB. Turn on Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi looks like it's back. Mm-hmm. Back? Yeah. 
Are we back on the air? I'm going to try to come back. All right, we'll go make it black first so we just don't come back to be sitting here and looking around. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. <laughs> Did Trace Fowler not pay the bill around here? The Wi-Fi, the guy who owns this building, not pay the wife headlines? Uh, so, I mean, what, what's this, the deal? It's so preposterous. So, we, we use the same Wi-Fi. only ham happens in Hamilton. We have. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Tom. <laughs> only in Hamilton. <laughs> we run our internet. We have our own router and everything like that, but we use the same service as headlines, and sometimes... Their internet goes out, so then ours goes out. We're work, <laughs> working on getting new internet here, like Alta Fiber or something like that. So we got our own little headlines. They're tanking our internet, Tom. Well, you know, Nick Mormon says maybe we should start mooching off Pawnee's Wi-Fi across the street. I think we have. I to. guarantee they're paying their bills. I think we have to. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I mean, just what a shout out to Spectrum. Nobody does it worse than Spectrum. Shout out to you. Hmm. All right. Do we have Mike Brennan yet? No, we do not. All right, he's going to be any second now, so uh, I'm going to text him, in fact, to uh, uh, jump on again. So, I... so for those of you wondering who in the world Mike Brennan is, some of you old enough to remember, he was a third-round draft pick of the Bengals back in 1990. Only spent three years in the league, a couple years with the Bengals. Uh, never, never made it as a starter or a big-time guy, anything like that. But, you know, former All-American at Notre Dame, won a national championship there under Lou Holtz. Uh, he is originally from Baltimore, has made his living for a long time up on Wall Street, but has stayed in very close contact with the Ravens. He continues to go to all of their games, home and road. Um, and so, you know, this is a guy who played football, knows a lot about football, and no one knows more about the Ravens than he does. So we're going to have him come outside of maybe John Harbaugh. He might know more than Lamar. What is this? Tom has a decision to make on 11:23. Okay, this is Drew Garrison. Okay, yes. now on X last night, yes. uh -oh. he was saying that he's off on the 23rd, mm -hmm. okay, which is the Friday before the Ohio State-Michigan game. Mm -hmm. All right? And he said that he's going to sit outside the studios here, and he's either he's only going to be moved or leave if one of two things happen. The Hamilton police come and get him, which can be arranged, <laughs> Drew. It can be arranged. Okay, one phone call. One phone call. Big up here in Butler County now. One phone call. We can have that done. Or he wants me to sign. That's right. It's my man, Sheriff Jones. Or I have to go s sign a sign that he has made, which reads, Free Jim Harbaugh. I got no problem signing your, your, your sign. Because you know what? I want Harbaugh on the sideline for the Ohio State-Michigan game. Now, he's got that big court thing coming up this Friday, right? He's looking for an injunction here against the original suspension from the Big Ten. And he will be heard in front of a Michigan judge. Uh, he says that he's looking forward to having the chance to talk to the judge and about this topic. He doesn't know if he's going to get that chance to actually speak. But there will be a hearing on Friday. 
Tom, if if you don't sign it, what I've heard is he's going to stand outside that window to your left. This one right here. Yeah, right, here. right there, and he's gonna he's gonna pick it with that sign until you sign it. He doesn't have to worry about it. I'm happy to sign it. I'm happy to sign it. Fair enough. Yeah, free Jim Harbaugh. Do you endorse that sentiment that we should free Jim Harbaugh? Well, I mean, look, they're playing the victim card here. Everybody knows it. They're the laughing stock. It's one thing to do what they've done. It's another thing now to try and spin this thing. And they really are the laughing stock of, of the entire nation. I mean, saying you're America's team and overcoming adversity. And, I mean, all those things are true, but not applied to this situation. And, I mean, they are being just hammered. And I'd say I was really disappointed. Did you see the clip of, of Paul Feinbaum and uh, Desmond Howard? I have not seen this clip. I got to tell you, it, you know, um, it was just downright rude. And I think Desmond Howard seems like a great dude. He's got the best smile maybe on the planet. <laughs> I mean, he really does. He lights up a room with a smile. Phenomenal player. Seems like a good dude. Probably is a good dude. I don't know him. But when he was on a split screen yesterday with Paul Feinbaum on one of the shows on ESPN, and Feinbaum starts into the whole Michigan thing about them playing the victim in this whole kind of thing, cheating, blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, Desmond Howard is just sitting there laughing the entire time. It just it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. He had his chance at the end to kind of counter what Feinbaum was, was, was saying. Look, Feinbaum is a highly respected guy. Mm -hmm. I mean – he is the guy, especially when it comes to the Southeastern Conference. But he knows football, everybody in it. Um, you know, I just thought it was, I don't know. I, I was just very, very surprised. And, again, I don't know uh, Desmond Howard at all. But um, we're, we got a lot to talk about with this Deshaun Watson thing. Uh, him being gone and now P.J. Walker. Is uh, Mike ready yet? Uh, almost. Almost, okay. And, you know, just a couple things to think about here that we'll get to after our interview with Mike Brennan, talk about this matchup tomorrow night between the Bengals and the Ravens, um, is, you know, one of the repercussions when you sign a player, and more times than not, it's the quarterback, okay? And in this case, it's a quarterback. And the Bengals are going to face this in two years from now because Burrow is still playing under his current deal this year. He will next year. And then all of a sudden, everything explodes after that as far as his salary is concerned, and it's hit against the salary cap. Deshaun Watson's contract this year has not exploded. He's on the hook for $19 million. Next year, he will make, what did you tell me? $63.9 million, and he'll make that for the next three years. So $63 million. So one of the things that happens there is you can navigate through this or navigate through that, but where you get hurt is depth. Depth is where you get hurt. They had Jacoby Brissett, who did an excellent job for them, mm -hmm. replacing Watson when he was suspended last year. They had Joshua Dobbs, mm -hmm. traded him away. Look what he's doing now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so those things have happened, and now they have P.J. Walker. Now, Walker has gone 2-1 this season. So, you know, look, uh, he's done what they've asked him to do, and that's win games. If he wins two out of every three the rest of the way, they're going to be the division winner. If he wins two of every three the rest of the way, they win the division. All right, let's get to let's get to our buddy Mike Brennan. Used to hang out with this guy quite a bit when he first came into the National Football League with the Cincinnati Bengals third-round draft pick out of Notre Dame. 
which he uh, still, still, still cheerleads. He ought to have pom-poms and a, and a uh, cheerleading outfit on every time the Fighting Irish take the field. Michael, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, sir. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I mean, are you already fired up about tomorrow night? Oh, certainly. Certainly. I mean, especially on the heels of that debacle on Sunday. Uh, yes, completely fired up. It's going to be a blackout. It is going to be a blackout tomorrow night. I didn't know that. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, when you say debacle on Sunday, you could have been talking about the Ravens or the Bengals because it was a debacle <laughs> for both of them. Uh, but I want to start with with the, the kind of vibe in Baltimore right now. You know, they have gone through so many injuries. And, Mike, you see every single game. Uh, every single game. They've gone through so many injuries the last couple of years. I just want to start with that a second because you've played in the NFL. Um, do fans wonder how many Ravens can continue or why they continue to get injured? I would have to say yes. Uh, clearly, when you're watching the game and there's like bodies strewn across the field, you know, every every series. However, uh, they seem to, but, but that's nothing new. Unfortunately, if you're a Bengal fan or a Raven fan, yeah, uh, it's the hard way. You don't, you go from the outhouse to the penthouse. And so what I mean by that, it's like, if it's not injuries, it's penalties or it's turnovers. Or, you know, division games are so hard and they go down to the last 10 seconds, 30 seconds, field goals. But, you know, this game, especially adding additional games, you know, the, the 17, uh, that's why I think you see poor play. Um, the guys that don't want to uh, or, or they don't play preseason. And so teams take a little longer to get up and running. And, and then it's really that's the whole thing. I mean, if you ask every single division is going to come down to who can be healthy. That's yeah. what I think, really. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you, you know, just from a body standpoint, because you played. Uh, now, in college football, you didn't you play on a Saturday and then play on a Thursday. But in the NFL, these guys are doing it now. Uh, and this is the week for the Ravens and the Bengals to do it. Just to the common guy like me, what does your body feel like on a Monday after you play on a Sunday and now you're required to play – 72 hours later on a Thursday night. Walk us through what, what, what your body has to endure just to get on the field for Thursday night. I mean, the best way to describe it is like a car crash. So you, you finish Sunday, and when you wake up Monday, you feel like you were in a car crash. And um, fine, you know, you have a couple of days of light, you, you, you make yourself feel better. You do your stretching. You go get treatment. Um, nowadays, these guys are like, it, it is so much about their bodies that they're really, really tuned into their nutrition, stretching, yoga, you name it. Um, but it's vitally important. But the fact remains, it's a contact sport. And after you've been brutalized on a Sunday, it's going to take a few days. So anymore, it's like you realize that. Uh, I think they probably were, you know, um, they're not obviously getting after it in practice, but you do have to work on your fundamentals. Um, and so it's just really, uh, I mean, who can stay out of the training room is really, that's, that's how it works. And it's, yeah. it's crazy, uh, but that's, that's it, really. All right, let's walk through Lamar Jackson. Uh, clearly, they're a different team with this cat on the field. Uh, you know, 
Um, I think I think oftentimes it was easy to beat him up a little bit last year, not because he was hurt. I really beat him up because he didn't make the, the, the trip just to be on the sideline for the playoff game here in Cincinnati last year, when really Baltimore should have won the game were it not for Sam Hubbard going 99 yards uh, on that fumble by Huntley uh, down at the one-yard line. Um, Lamar Jackson's in that game. They win the game. What's the feeling now about Jackson? Did he have to earn some points back? He got the contract. They're playing well. He's playing well. Is it all sort of back to kumbaya with him or not so fast? You know, that is a really great question. Um, and I'll answer it this way. Uh, I am probably in your camp on how you felt about that. I did as well. But I also concur that we win that game if he's there. I also think that... Look, the, the unpleasant side of the NFL, the business side, where they need to get paid, great. You, you do what you got to do. Uh, however, what I would say is I really believe we're looking at a different Lamar. And and I believe that, that now that the, the, the contract's behind him, I think watching him this season, I believe, like, I, first off, he's a consummate pro, uh, you know, um, you know, takes care of himself. He's a good leader. Um, the, the teammates love him, um, but I think that when you're watching him now, he's a little bit smarter, like you tell me, but he's been like this beginning of the season, been more of a pocket passer, and which I think is tremendous upside for us because when you take a look at fine, we might be number one in rushing, but when you we're doing it. Oh, by the way, too, we started off the season again with no running backs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dobbins was there, and he gets hurt. So we're doing it with Gus Edwards, Lamar's number two, Hill, and out of nowhere, Keaton Mitchell, undrafted free agent from East Carolina. Right. Um, you know, and so uh, what I'm getting at is that he's not running yet and getting, you know, putting his body up and getting, you know, hurt. I think he's way smarter. I think, you know, he's going to have to get rid of the ball a little bit faster because he's the sacks he's taking. But um, I think it, he's smarter. I, I think you're seeing leadership. I think he understands the game. I, I, I don't want to say this, but, but I'm sorry. He wasn't immature. I don't mean it that way, but I just think he's, you're seeing him a more mature, if you will, fuel general, yeah. but he's growing into it yeah. is what I see. Well, I think that's fair. I mean, look, you know, I think oftentimes we forget these guys are 23, 24, 25 years old. I mean, hell, you and I were hanging out together when we were that young. And I mean, you know, it's not like you, you got it all together yet, right? If you ever get it together, in my case. But the, what, what do you got going on there? You got violence outside your house? Or is that us here in Hamilton? Uh, New what York you got City, going on friend. there? Yeah, New York City, man. I mean, it's it's like it never ends, does it? Fifth what Avenue the hell's going on up there, by the way, in New York it's City? A, that's just a regular. That's every ten minutes, man. That's New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even notice it. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's just right. that's yeah, it. Yeah. It's the white I noise know. in New York City. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Before I let you go, I want to ask you this. Actually, two more things I want to ask you about. Um, do do the we know the whole history of the Browns leaving and coming to Baltimore and then the Browns starting back up again. And, and the easiest thing in the world to say, well, that's the Ravens' biggest rival. Then you could say, well, maybe the Steelers are because they've been the two best teams in the division for the better part of the last 15 years, right? But now all of a sudden, the last couple of years, the power has sort of shifted to Baltimore and Cincinnati. Do Ravens fans look at the Bengals and Joe Burrow more as their big rival now than maybe they do the Browns or the Steelers? I would say that 
if you're from Baltimore, there's always a healthy disdain for Pittsburgh. Uh, that just is how it works. It's sort of like Bengals Browns. Um, I would say how you just summed it up is that there is, I don't recall anybody coming into our, our stadium and throwing the ball all over the field like the Bengals have a really good job of doing it. Going back to AJ Green and eating us alive. I mean, it's it's grown to where it's the Bengals are the one. Look, we don't, we're always paying attention to the Steelers. That's That's just it. But the Bengals have gone, it's really been way more competitive. What the last two, three games have been decided in by field goals yep. or, or, you know, things of that nature. And so, yeah, I really believe. And, and by the way, too, with the addition of Burrow and Chase and, and then Higgins and Boyd, I mean, they've just, they've always had, you know, that good offense. But then like Hendrickson and, and um, oh goodness, uh, Hubbard. I mean, yep. it, it, they just really... They've got the pieces. They've really got it going this year. They're a little bit, I think they're slow out of the gate. Um, but uh, I would say, obviously, birthright is the Steelers, but the Bengals are definitely right there. Yeah. All so right. All right. Really... Last, last thing I want to ask you about is as an offensive lineman, okay, and you, you said it a second ago, the Ravens have the most rushing attempts. They have the most rushing yards in the NFL. Okay, and that's really with Lamar not running, as you pointed out a minute ago. I mean, I think the last three games, he only has two carries or fewer in those last three games. So he's not just taking off running all over the place. Now, he's averaged almost 80 yards rushing per game against the Bengals in his career, and that's including one game where he had three yards. So, I mean, he has run all over the Bengals when he plays. But what I'm getting at is this, and you have the Bengals who have the fewest rushing attempts and the fewest rushing yards. And I asked Anthony Munoz this question. I've asked others this question. I'd like to get your perspective. When you are on a team and on the offensive line where it is just pass, 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 do you forget how to run block at all? I know that sounds stupid, but does it get to a point where, you know, people are saying, well, the Bengals can't run the ball. They should never run the ball. And I argue, you know, yesterday, it's like you're going to be a crummy free throw shooter if you don't practice your free throws, right? Mm-hmm. If you never practice running the ball and hitting people and going after them instead of backing up, how are you going to get any better at it? I mean, am I just crazy here on this thinking? No, I, you have a very good point. The The thing about the run blocking is like you get a feel and you start wearing your opponent down and then you know, you know, okay, hey, Britt, keep coming on this side, you know, we're, or, you know, um, the double teams are working here or, or the, the pulling. Um, and then it's really because in the NFL, you cannot, I mean, it's hard enough, but when they start stacking the box, uh, it, they they know damn well where you're just going to throw. You just can't be one-dimensional. So once as soon, as soon as you end up being one-dimensional, it's like the other team's feasting on you. To your point about the run blocking, I would believe, like, I don't know if it's some recipe, but I will tell you that, yeah, it's about timing. It's about you know, the feel, um, the, the right play calls. And if, and to your point, if you're just sitting there, you pass happy offense. I mean, when it gets down to dirty, like, like you're going to have to prove, if you want to move, if you want to move the chess pieces around, you're going to have to be able to run. You got to be able to run to set up the pass in certain spots or even like your play action. Right. So, um, you, it, I don't know about like the practice or you don't forget. Right. No, but it, it, it just is, it has to be a healthy compliment because if you can't run the ball in the red zone, you, I mean, if you get into that, look at the, the these teams are, you know, uh, uh, you know, field position and 
um, strong defenses and good run games, balanced offense, and you get into the red zone and you can't run, then you're, you're and we're seeing that. I mean, the, yep. the Ravens aren't in the fourth quarter. The, the, the rushing offense has disappeared. So, um, you know, so that on that part, I, you know, again, it's not as if you forget. It's just it, you have to do it because. Well, and, and also, but you also, you know, working with the five guys up front because it's not just one. Like once you get a, you know, hey, we got a good rhythm here. Like keep, let's keep going. Um, yeah. And I think that's a lot with the play calling, just keeping keeping on their toes and. You know, you're getting on the edge, you're getting on the edge, and then you start pounding up the middle with a gust. Or, and that's the thing too. Like, what, you know, the thing with Lamar is that once he starts getting loose, which I believe it's a tremendous upside for the rest of the season because it hasn't happened. But, and the other thing, well, I'll tell you what. You know, one other little side thing: the Ravens, as you just talked about, um, what you just said on the um, O line. Well, guess what? Only four games has the original starting offensive line played. Yeah. Because Stanley's been hurt three games. The center's been hurt two games. The right tackle's been hurt three. So they've only had four games with the regular starters. And that's with Gus, Keith Mitchell. So I think it's rather fascinating, but you have to gel with those. Now, with those guys being hurt as often as they are, our backups are starters now. So that's really helpful. Yep. Um, and... And that, but I would tell you that's the importance of being able to because you got a new guy in there like all right how how are you run blocking together if you have to do that so it's you know you just have to you have to stick to it enough um, but there's no real recipe right right Michael we thank you for your time man enjoy the game tomorrow night all the best you have you got it great great to you uh, one thing if I may I just want to point out something really neat about the Ravens at this time. As your wonderful wife is a Notre Dame graduate, yes, she is. You know, on this on this Raven team, um, what's really great about it is that you have Ronnie Stanley, left tackle, Notre Dame; Sam Musta, first center, Notre oh, Dame; God. Al Hamilton, Anthony Weaver, D line coach, oh, and then Navy, Navy Seal Steve Claggett. And Allison Harbaugh plays lacrosse, women's lacrosse at Notre Dame. Oh, <laughs> go Irish, go Ravens. Oh, my God. All right. We've had enough <laughs> Notre Dame today already. I have enough Notre Dame every day of my life. Michael, take it easy, <laughs> man. Know. Thanks for the time. Best, best to everybody. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, buddy. Mike Brennan, kind enough to join us and talk. I thought, you know, when, when, when you get the perspective of an offensive lineman, and, and really, you know, fellas, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When he, all I kept thinking about when he was saying that was about how the backups become starters, right? And we saw that last year with the Bengals, yeah. where they lose three guys going into the playoffs against the Ravens, the Bills, ultimately the AFC Championship game against uh, Kansas City. And I think all of us agree, for the first two games, they played really, really well. They played well, not great, against Baltimore. They played right. great against Buffalo, that offensive line, when they ran the ball all over the field. And then, you know, the Kansas City game, it's Kansas City. Chris Jones uh, was not as dominant uh, as he was when they played during the regular season. There were some guys that did a good job. I'm just having a hard time understanding what's going on with this offensive line this year. Because these are veteran Big money, big name guys. You got Orlando Brown. You got the center. You got the right guard. You got the right tackle. All of those guys are either free agents or number one picks. You've only got the kid at left guard. Why is this offensive line not better? That's that's the question, and everyone wants to is trying to figure out that answer because as you have pointed out on the show so many times, they spent a king's ransom on this offensive line because we understand that if Joe Burrow has time with the weapons that he has, 
this offense would be unstoppable. But it seemingly nothing's working. I saw a tweet yesterday, Tom, that over the past three years, the Bengals have, I think, spent 22 draft picks on offensive and defensive linemen, and almost none of them have hit. Yeah. Almost none of them have hit. Now, yeah. it's way too early for Miles Murphy, but it's almost like there's just something wrong with the coaching staff that coaches these offensive linemen or something. Because how can we be pulling these guys from, from other places that are successful and bring them into our system mm-hmm. and it's not working? Mm-hmm. How can we consistently draft these guys that are touted um, prospects and we bring them into our system and it's not working? That's the question, Tom. And, and it, you look at this team and, and really all you can say is you guys got to play better. I mean, you talked about it with these defensive linemen yesterday. You got to pull them in and say, hey, look, you've got to play better in this game if we want to. I mean, at this point, all you can do is look at the offensive linemen and be like, guys, we know you can play. Have some confidence in yourself and just get it done. Get it done. I I don't know how you solve it other than them just playing better. I don't know. Yeah, I think the offensive line needs to be better at this point. Again, it's not – people are going to look back at the preseason thing. All these guys need to play more together. And I agree to that. Certainly, right? But we're, we're halfway through the season, and the offensive line still doesn't look like they're working together at this point. Uh, not, not good. Not good for the Bengals. Tom said it. We, we, got, we, we, have too many good, we have too many good guys up there, up on that line, to not be – Well, I mean, a, you a, think they've been successful in other places. That's, that's what, right. That's, that's the curious part about it. And Orlando Brown has shown at moments to be that left tackle that we thought he yes, was. Yes, he has. Jonah Williams has looked actually pretty good yep. on the right side this year. So it, it's really been the interior – and these guys played well, excuse me, well last year, right? Except for Cordell, Cordell Volson's a weird case. Yeah, he is. Like, he's obviously struggled this year, and he had games last year where he looked good. But the other two guys played well last year. I don't know, Tom. I, 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 just, I just simply don't know. But it's as simple as this. If it's not figured out, this team can't do what they think they can do. No. They, they simply can't. can't. They can't. We got, um, before we move on, yeah. we do have a few super chats that we have oh to read. Oh, boy. Here we go. Jeremy's all over us. Jeremy Ward put a $2 super chat in earlier in the show. He said, it's my birthday, y'all. Go. And then he has a word that I don't I, – I, it must not be English or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't read that word either. I can't read that word. So he says, it's my birthday, See, y'all. See, fellas, it's bigger than that. Go. Jeremy, happy birthday, young man. I hope you have a wonderful day. And then, and then he, he, and then he and did then it he again. Sent another one. And then he said another one. And, and then he I said, just, it just go. says go. And once again, now, I don't know if that's So you Yiddish. lose me here, Jeremy. I, I was trying to make it all about your birthday. It's bigger <laughs> than the Steelers thing. And then you come back with a second super chat, and it's all about the Steelers. So, all right, one for two. We got another one? That was – oh, well, and also um, – Drew, 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 Drew had a correction. He said he's coming on the 22nd, not the 23rd. So. Because okay, I think the 23rd is a game. I think the 23rd is Thanksgiving, isn't it? I don't know. Does anybody have a calendar? A week from today, yeah, it would be a week from today would be the twenty second. So a week from tomorrow, which would be Thanksgiving, will be the twenty third. Well, if you're standing out here uh, a week from tomorrow, <laughs> I can assure you, you you don't you won't be you won't be taken away by the police, and you won't get the sign signed. That's right. Because we ain't here on Thanksgiving Day. Correct. Right. Right. I ain't right. doing anything. Okay. Now, um, look, we got lots to talk about with the Bengals. We got a lot of things still to get to today. But I want to talk about the Deshaun Watson thing for a second. Okay. Because yep. we were starting to talk, and I had said earlier about how we were talking about this in our meeting before the show, uh, about, you know, when you give guys these contracts, what happens in your depth? Okay? So, 
Deshaun Watson is out for the year. Broken shoulder, if you didn't hear. Uh, he already had an ankle injury, even in the game the other day. Uh, and he continued to play. Went 14 for 14 in the second half. They scored 24 points. They rallied to beat Baltimore. And they're technically in first place now. Well, no, because Baltimore's played one more game. But they have a tie break over Baltimore. Let's put it that way. Um, now he's out. And you could have turned to Jacoby Brissett. But no doubt you weren't going to pay a backup quarterback, you know, $2 million, whatever it was, maybe. Mm-hmm. Joshua Dobbs they have. They trade him away. I don't know how much they, I don't know how much anybody believed in Joshua Dobbs, to be honest with you. He never showed anything in Pittsburgh that would make you think that he would be doing what he's doing now. He goes to Arizona. They're terrible. He hung in there and battled. They send him off to Minnesota. Now he's perfect, right? Right. He's Winning games. Right. Right. So, but the point is, is that you certainly would rather have either one of those two guys than P.J. Walker. And for all I know, P.J. Walker might take him to the Super Bowl. But this is... I mean, if you're a Browns fan this morning, look, you guys can sit here and ridicule them and make fun of them. But put yourself in our position, try to walk in their shoes. If all of a sudden you've been terrible forever like they have, Mm -hmm. let's say like the Bengals were up until two years ago, right? And say that that year they went to the Super Bowl. Bengals are rolling, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden your quarterback goes down for the year. Tom, it's... Deflating. Well, the, 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 the weird part about this is, and, and we talked about the cap hit, right? He's getting paid $20 million this year. He's going to get paid 64 for the next three years. So this was the year that they were kind of all in, right? This was kind of the year that they, they shifted some things around, and they're all in. And he gets hurt, and I don't know if it derails the team. I mean, that's still a team that is you know stacked almost top to bottom. And P.J. Walker's already won a game with them. He hasn't looked very good. But uh, it, I don't know if it derails. Certainly the ceiling's not as high. But – yeah, I don't the, – the Browns broke every rule that owners – every unwritten rule that owners had in efforts to get a guy to get them over the ledge because they had been so bad for so long. Yep. What was the unwritten rule in the NFL, Tom? Uh, you, don't, you don't guarantee a lot of money. You don't guarantee because once one person does it, it blows up the market, and that's exactly what the Browns did because they were so hungry yep. to start winning. They knew they had a good roster other than the quarterback. They didn't believe in Baker Mayfield. They said, hey, we're going to get a guy that's been a pro bowler, a guy that's been an all-pro, a guy that has taken the Texans um, into the playoffs, a guy that had a lead over the Kansas City Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl, all those things. So what they do, they, they, they say, we're going to bring you in, and on top of that, we're going to guarantee you money to be our quarterback. They broke every rule because they were so hungry to be good in this league. They know that you need to have a quarterback to win. That's that's shown. And here we are in year two of it. He's only played 12 games. Yep. Due to the suspension, and then this year he had already missed three games due to injury. And now the cap hit starts hitting, right? Yep. Starting next year. Yep. So – they are just such in such a tough spot going forward. And, yeah, they've got all these pieces. And, yeah, they'll still compete in this tough AFC North. But it's just, it's just so tough that they, that they finally get it. And you do feel a little bit for the, for the Cleveland Browns in this, in this scenario. But all in all, it, it's, it's, it, it just seems like what happens to the Browns year after year. Now, without sitting there saying, you know, um, you know, uh, boy, I'm glad the guy's hurt. Nobody's going to say that. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a positive development for the Bengals, however. Sure. Because, and you're allowed to say that, right, Casey? I mean, this is one of those where, you know, look, 
you don't want to ever see anybody get hurt. We've said that already, and I really mean that. I, 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 don't like, I like seeing everybody play with their best players. There's nothing worse. It's like all the injuries we're talking about for this game tomorrow night. Now, Hendrickson was moving around at practice last night. I mean, you know, doing some drills. He looked good. I mean, he could move. I mean, how much pain he is in or how effective he's going to be. And, man, what a huge matchup that is without Staley playing left tackle. Mm -hmm. And we know that for sure tomorrow night. That Staley, their starting left tackle stud, is not going to play. And so to have Hendrickson over there instead of your guy, Asai, uh, you know, look, that's a, that's a huge match, potential matchup in this game. So it's great. To, but you want to see the best players play and play against each other. And, and we're not going to see that tomorrow night. No Higgins. Looks like no Hubbard. No Staley. No Humphrey, maybe, but um, big blow to the Brownies, and it does help the Bengals. Yeah, Tom. I mean, not to spoil my my stink list, but I actually had the Browns up quite a bit until this development happened, and now now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it necessarily is a good thing for the Bengals because I think their biggest issue is just beating their defense. Yep. I I don't know if our I know last time we played them that we struggled to stop the run, but they're without Nick Chubb for the remainder of this season, and I don't know. I'm I'm just not as worried about that matchup. So I don't know if it's necessarily a, a great development for the Bengals because maybe P.J. Walker turns it around. I don't know. Maybe they, they figure something out there yes. with – with, who else, who else do they got there? D, DTR? Or yeah, DTR, DTR. But this is still a team that that is well in striking distance of making the yeah. postseason. They're set up. They're 6-3 and three already. And this is a tough AFC. And that that they've already won a game with P.J. Walker against, who was it again? The 49ers. Yeah, against a really good team That's and an undefeated right. 49ers team. So That's this team right. can still win games. Yeah, does that make a shot at them? At potentially, they, they were looking at winning the division for the first time in their franchise's history. And that that seemingly doesn't isn't going to happen anymore. But they can still they can still scrap in. And do you want to play the Cleveland Browns? Dude, I'm not going to rule them out to win the division. Oh, I am now. I'm not ruling them out. Oh, it's okay. not with that defense. No, you create okay. short fields. You attack the quarterback. You don't let the other team score a lot. Unlike the Bengals, the one thing they can do and will do is run the football. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ford only got it 17 times last week. Went over a hundo against the Ravens. Well, I guarantee you those running numbers are going to increase in Cleveland because they have got an offensive line. Dewan Jones has taken over, had another guy take over, playing great football according to Pro Football Focus. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not saying they can't win the division. You're saying they can't. They got to. They, 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 they do. They can. They do a very easy schedule. They do, but it doesn't matter because if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win games. And I'm very sorry. Yeah, PJ Walker did win a game against the 49ers. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. It's it's it, it, he has one touchdown, five picks, and he's he's completing passes at a 49% clip. Tom, there's absolutely zero chance. The irony of this all, if they kept Baker Mayfield, they'd be in a much better spot right now. They'd be in a significantly better spot than if they gave Deshaun Well, they ran Watson him out of town. They did, and it's unfortunate. But I think Baker Mayfield's significantly better than Deshaun Watson at this moment. Deshaun Watson has not been a good quarterback since he since he nope. got to Cleveland. He's been very bad, mediocre. I think last week was really the only good game he's had. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but it, it's it's 
he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. So I did say they could win two playoff games. That's now dead. The Browns are done. Uh, P.J. Walker, they might get in the playoffs because of their schedule, but they're certainly not winning a game. Oh, it's, so you've now done a total about well, things. Well, no, but they don't have a quarterback. You were the guy that said they, they were going to the AFC championship game as recently as 24 hours ago. So you're saying that is D-U-N done. 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 He's, he's completing passes at a 49% clip, Tom. 49%. They've already lost Nick okay, Chubb. Okay, but is there, is there, well, let me ask you this Nick now Chubb. a second. Before, God, you start, before you start jumping into heavy stats, and I'm not a heavy stats guy. There are some that blow me away and you can't ignore them. But I don't get all wrapped up in it. I just care, did you win or did you lose? Mm -hmm. All right? That's all I care about. Don't you have to give P.J. Walker a little bit of wiggle room here now? No. Listen. He was a big star in whatever it was, the XFL and all that sort of stuff. Journeyman guy. His story has been well told. It'll really be told in the next couple of weeks. They got the Steelers on Sunday. But don't you have to give him, read a little bit of rope here now? He, he stepped in. Big expectations for this team. He had not started in the NFL, right? right. I mean, he's with a new team, a new offense. He goes from being a third-string guy to the second-string guy because they gave a second-string guy a chance and they didn't want him in there anymore, the young guy Thompson. Yep. All right. I mean, he's going to be nervous, right, stepping out there for sure. So, I mean, he only plays three games. I don't care what his completion percentage is. I don't care oh. if he won one for 15. They won the games, two out of three. I care. I care about it. I, d d listen, it, it, you can't go up there as a quarterback in the National Football League and complete less than 50, half of your passes. You can't do it. You might win the game, but let's be very clear. You're not winning the game because of you. You're just there. You're just a part of it. You're the, you're the you're 13th man. You're, you're the guy who's backup to the backup. No, nobody, I mean, you, you do, you've, you've contributed nothing. And that's what, what P.J. Walker's done. He's contributed nothing. So, I, I, yeah, the big stats, I don't know what you're talking about that. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, a giant stat to complete half your passes. No, when it's you, not. When, you're, when your touchdown to interception ratio is one to five in three games, it's not good. It's not good. I'm it's just not saying, good. but he had to be, you had to give him a little rope. And you while you gave him some rope and he didn't play well or play great, they still won two out of three games. Now, you can say that's because of everybody else surrounding him, and that's mm -hmm. fine, and you're probably right. But now, all of a sudden, he's stepping into a very different situation than when he stepped in four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, he's standing over there with a clipboard and a baseball hat for every game. And now all of a sudden, dude, you're the starter, okay? They go out and win two out of three. He goes back to the bench last week when Watson returns. Now he's walking in three games under his belt. He knows he's the guy. Yeah. He knows he's a guy. This is the, the dream of a lifetime come true. We talked about guys' dream of a lifetime now. Sure. This is it for P.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can all of a sudden go from being some journeyman guy to if he takes the Browns into the playoffs and plays well, he'll be starting somewhere next year. No doubt about it. I mean, he'll start getting paid. Here, and here, here's the thing to benefit P.J. Walker is, is when he's just a stopgap, right? When Deshaun's week to week, you're running Deshaun Watson's offense, right? Yeah. Probably a limited play. That's playbook, right. But you're running Deshaun Watson's offense. 
I don't know what P.J. Walker's skill set is, truthfully. I have no idea. I don't know how it compares to Deshaun Watson's. But when Deshaun Watson isn't coming back, that's not an option. Now you can remold the playbook to P.J. Walker's skill set. And once again, don't know what that is. But yeah, they have an opportunity here to show, hey, all the tape that all the teams have on us, let's throw it out. Listen, we're going to run the ball. We're going to get P.J. Walker some open receivers here and there. We're going to redo this entire offense. And listen, this is the time to, to just rebirth your season with a new quarterback. This is a good team, Tom. This is a really good team that has a bad schedule. This team is going to win games down the line. You said it best. If they win two out of three games for the rest of the year, they win this division. No doubt about it. No doubt. Now, now, let me ask you this. We were throwing this around a little bit, right? And I know we got the weather uh, and the locals at 11 coming up shortly, and we're going to do our uh, Power Five, both in college and pro football, coming up later in the show. You have your stink list today, right? Mm -hmm. The interesting to see where the brownies are. And by the way, when we do our Power Five, and I will say this again, I'm basing mine, and apparently you guys are not basing yours. I'm just basing mine on today. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not putting the Watson thing into play until next week, okay? I'll take that into account next week. I'm talking about as we sit here right now. So more on that later. But let me ask you this. Okay. There have been some people in the chat. There has been chat this season about teams considering going out and signing Phillip Rivers, right? That Rivers might have sort of an itch out there, right? right. I mean, he's been in the playoffs, never won the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, you talk about a gamer, man. I mean, that dude is a gamer. Mm -hmm. um, and look, Tom Brady's still out there. Would he want to play again? Doesn't look like it. But could you imagine, could you imagine if the Browns picked up the phone and called Tom Brady and he decided to come play for the Cleveland Browns down the stretch, get that team into the playoffs and make a run at the Super Bowl? Tom Brady, would you be on the horn today, today? If you ran the Cleveland Browns, would you be on the horn today with either Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers, yay or nay? Tom, if I was the Cleveland Browns, all the P.J. Walker talk that we just said, I'd throw it aside and I'd say, hey, listen, <laughs> I'd be calling everyone from Tom Brady to Phillip Rivers to Joe Namath and saying, hey, you want to come quarterback the, the Cleveland Browns this year? Tom, we talked about this in the pre-show. If Tom Brady comes back, and this is such a wild hypothetical, but if Tom Brady comes back, and leads the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl coming in midseason. We wouldn't be talking about Tom Brady as the greatest football player of all time. We'd be talking about Tom Brady as the greatest athlete of all time if he did that. Because that would be one of the most miraculous stories in sports ever. 47-year-old, however old he is now, right. coming back and leading a team that had never won a division to the Super Bowl would be the most incredible thing ever would you be on the horn today yay or nay right now elliot zebra yeah would you I, be calling either one of those guys or you'd be like man these dudes are in their 40s they've not been trained although i i think it's safe to say that with knowing brady that he's in incredible shape now football shape maybe not but would you be at least exploring the chance well i'd be looking like like reed just said i'd, I'd try to find any quarterback with a usable arm because that person is definitely better than P.J. Walker. Saying that, 
Philip Rivers towards the end was not a good quarterback. Philip Rivers, when he was with the Colts, was a disaster. If I remember correctly, uh, in, in their in their playoff game, they he had to be subbed out of the game for a hail mary from forty yards away because he can't throw it forty yards anymore. Okay. So Philip Rivers is gone. Tom Brady, yeah, but is it realistic? No, it's not realistic at all to have Tom Brady come back to the Cleveland Browns. So no, I I mean if if you if you're gonna try to find somebody, you look around you look around the free agent room, and I I guarantee you somebody is better than PJ Walker. It's just not Philip Rivers. What about you, Case? I didn't realize. What'd you think about it? I, I mean I would be calling all those guys. I'd be calling Tom. I'd be calling Philip. Be calling. Uh, I saw Drew Brees earlier. What about Matt, Matt Ryan? Ryan? Matt Ryan. I'd Peyton Manning. What about Cam Newton? Peyton Manning hasn't played in nine years. Yeah, but it's worth a chance. Like any of those guys, I would be giving a call to. What about Cam Newton? Cam Newton? Yeah. I'd be giving a call to any of the free agent quarterbacks just to see what you can get. I mean, it can't be much worse. Tom, do you know how many kids Phillip Rivers has? I think he's a little busy right now. Do you know how many kids (laughs) he has? He's got like 12 or something. He's got 10. Phillip Rivers has 10 children. God bless him. Good for him. I got one for you, Tom. Marriage is going strong still. Yeah. I guess. Why don't they call Colin Kaepernick? Get him back. Yes. See, you got yes. to yes. the yes. ball off. Now we're talking. See, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Where, this is where we've gone off More the controversy. Rails. It was going to happen sooner or later. Colin Kaepernick has been to one more Super Bowl than Phillip Rivers. I'll yes, tell you he that. Has. Yes, he has. So, I don't know. I, I think Colin Kaepernick would be a great choice for Cleveland. Hey, they they don't care about controversy the at all. You guys they say that, the they chat, another great point. Second, you guys say that the chat blows up. People want yeah, the people want to go now now the political road, and we're and we're not going down there. We're not taking no the, politics. We're not no, taking no debate. Politics. Well, they they'll drift in every now and again, but not right now. Um, okay, it's time for uh, Elliot to tell us what's going on here in a second about the weather. We're gonna have uh, more talk about tomorrow night's game, Bengals v Ravens. Um, the college football playoff stuff, Georgia now number one, Ohio State two, big hearing for Jim Harbaugh on Friday of this week. Um, and we have our power five in both the NFL and college football. Plus you have your top five. Top five, Tom. What's the topic today? I opened it up to. Yes, you did. I voted. What'd you vote for? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Uh, well, the chat picked that it'd be about the city of Baltimore, the top five. That was the winner. I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was the winner. I was hoping that it'd be Drew Sample's top five plays, but uh, the city of Baltimore. I voted for the other one. What was the other one? America's team. Yes, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Correct. America's team. That would have been a good one because Michigan is certainly America's team. They value everything (laughs) that America values. All right. Big values to my right. I mean, this guy's all over the chat today. I don't know what the hell is going on here, Elliot, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to hand it over to you. Thank Take you, Tom. Take it away, my friend. Uh, yeah, listen, today's a great day weather-wise. It's a little chilly, but that's what you get when you come to winter. So no, no one's surprised by it. I woke up, had to defrost the windshield, but I'm happy to report, again, the heat is still working after I paid a preposterous $624 to repair it. Now... Granted, saying that, it's still, it's still chilly. You still want to wear a jacket. But the good news is, again, the sun's out. If the sun's out, the guns are out. How about that, Reed? You like that saying? That's Love a popular that. saying. Love that. Love that. Other than that, I don't care. I mean, the weather, this, this sucks. I've been roasted in the chat all day long, and I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired. I don't want to hear anything. Everett started this nonsense, and now I'm locked in here. 
<laughs> commotion in the chat just commotion in this room right now uh but yeah that's it weather again if you want to check your phone blah 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 blah. do it 40 something degrees 50 degrees who gives a shit i don't care i don't care weather's whatever if you want to tune into the news spend 30 minutes of your time watching that garbage you can go ahead and do so other than that i'm gonna throw it over to reed watch this transition casey you ready for this Ooh, it's the ghost of ronald reagan <laughs> Ooh, how's the weather, Elliot? What was the, what was the president that I did? James Madison. What was? Oh, I've got to remember. I'm James Madison. Let's let's do a debate. Let's do a debate. You as Ronald Reagan, and me as James Madison. Let, let's let's riff about something. What, what should we riff about? Uh, what about? Okay, let, <laughs> Gold Star Chili. Gold Star Chili. Okay, go ahead. So this would be if uh, if James Madison and Ronald Reagan went the Gold Star. I'm James Madison, and Gold Star Chili sucks. What do you think, Ronald? Ooh, we've got really good burgers and <laughs> chili and cheese and milkshakes. I, I went to the Gold Star here in Hamilton, and it looked like it's been vacated for 25 years. What a horrible place. Send it back over to the real Reed, not Ronald Reagan. This is Reed, not Ronald Reagan. Whoa, did you guys see a ghost was in here? That was spooky. So super spooky. What a stupid bit. What a stupid bit. Casey, get us with the ads. Yeah, so the uh, Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with the suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And then we have... This lovely water, Pawnee water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result, a healthy alkaline water. Some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Mm. It's good. Great water. I drink Pawnee water to improve efficiency and productivity. Oh my God. Tom? You better watch that sport. You know, you could probably just stand that thing up. You stand right? up on its own. <laughs> $80 at Burlington Coat Factory. You gotta love that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good deal. Nothing wrong Not with that at all. Deal. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I gotta go get size for a wedding here soon. Speaking of suits and stuff. Well, I don't know what's going on with uh, the zebra today. There's just uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk in there. There's a lot going on today. Uh, you know what's the deal? I'm, what I, is the deal? I, I'm not going to talk about it, Tom. If they want to, if they want to make, if they want to be trolls about it, they can go ahead and feel free to do so. The people I have, I, I, I loosely associate myself with. Um, unfortunately, they're being brought into this chat uh, against their will, and, and that's um, it's really unfortunate. Whatever it and Sir Boy and all the other people in this chat are doing to me right now. I'm a victim. Uh, the person I loosely associate myself with, also a victim. So, again, I, you guys can be a bully all you want. I'm you just going to sit here and I'm going to take it. You are America's <laughs> victim. Uh, but you do have a super chat. Andrew Seller Let's paid, hear it. Let's hear it. Andrew Seller paid $10 to say, Elliot, you are my hero. You are Andrew Seller's hero. Andrew, thank you very much. You are my hero. Thank you very much for keeping our lights on. Why is he your hero? What, 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 yeah, what makes him hero? your hero? You just I said it. That's I a mean, good question. Right? Because he's my good friend, Andrew. So I, Andrew supports me. I support him. I'm his hero. He's my hero. 
it, it's 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 uh it's a little back and forth there tom okay that's what it is that's very nice andrew very kind that's very very nice okay i love mr mo um basically tomorrow's entire show my dad will be joining us tomorrow some of you asked yesterday and forgive me for not addressing that actually i think i did i told you that um you know he's got he had a hull issue with the ship and um they had to get that thing patched up while he was already at sea winds and the rain were brutal uh somehow somehow he he was able to to sail through it i don't know how he did it but he did it so he's going to join us tomorrow. He's on another cruise? Well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's one he's trying to, he was, he was going to try to sail by himself across the English Channel. And, um, you know, he, he, before really it got going, there were some issues. And so he's back. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll ask him about it tomorrow. Um, some programming notes before we... Please do. Some Save us here. Some programming notes is after the show today, we will be doing box lunch for members. Elliot will be hosting... Also, we will we'll be launching a video that uh, Kyle Kasky did um, doing a preview of the Baltimore Ravens game. So that'll be on our channel. Um, it's not a premiere or anything like that. Just go to our videos, and you'll be able to watch that at 12 o'clock is when that is scheduled to drop. So. And for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, we will have no show. But on Wednesday, it'll be the premiere of the second round, the second round of the second match against Sean and I. So Correct. So we will we, have a show off the bench. It'll be Monday, Tuesday. Golf video on Wednesday. Yep. Thanksgiving Thursday, football on Friday, Black Friday. I will not be here next week, too. Reed will not be here next week. Okay. There's also uh, Mac and JT, and then there's a red show at 9.30. There's a red show tonight. So, wait a minute. Everybody slow down for a minute. You're overwhelming me. My eyes are spinning around. <laughs> All right? There's a lot going on so, here at yeah, So let's do this. Let's break it down. Let's do this, okay, on a timeline. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's keep it simple. Simple mind, simple guy, okay? Yeah, yeah. Today, we have boxed lunch for members. Starting at 12 o'clock when this show ends. When this show ends. Then what? We also are launching a video that's not live or anything. It's not a premiere, but it will be on our YouTube channel. You can watch it whenever. Kasky's Clicker is doing a preview of the Baltimore Ravens game. Okay, so you just go to Chatterbox. Correct. It's on our, it's on our YouTube okay. channel. Okay, all right. At what time, Casey, tonight? The clicker? No. Or Mac, Mac and JT's and at 7.30. So at 7.30, there is Mac and JT. That'll get over all the NFL schedule. That's tonight. That is tonight. All right. And then at 9.30. We are Another tonight. Correct. We are doing Shatterbox Reds. Wow. Yes. Shatterbox Reds. Yeah. What, what? I mean, Tom, we're pumping out content. like it's I'm nothing. telling you, man. It's unbelievable. Drew Garrison, you closed the company when I planned to come. Tom is scared. Drew, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> True. I love you, brother. I don't like that you root for Michigan. I love you, but come on now. It's Thanksgiving. What do you think is going to be the we, subject of conversation at Jim Harbaugh's Thanksgiving this year? What do you think they're going to talk? Well, about? I think it all depends on how turkey? it's going to go. I think it all depends on how it's going to go with this coming uh, uh, Friday. This is a big deal, Friday. You know, he's looking to get an injunction from a judge in Michigan that will overrule the penalty that was handed down by the Big Ten. Three-game suspension, he can't coach. So that meant the game the other day against Penn State. That means this weekend on the road at Maryland. And it means, of course, the following week for the granddaddy of them all, Ohio State v. Michigan. Right now, he is not allowed to coach any of those three games. So he's looking for 
help from the judicial system to change that and try and be on the sideline this Saturday and naturally moving forward the following week against Ohio State. Next Thursday, is that what you're asking me? Next Thursday, the conversation around yeah. there's only one topic next Thursday at the Harbaugh family gathering. Only one. How the Bengals beat the Ravens? That will be a very small part of it. Mm. The other 99.9% will involve the Buckeyes v. Michigan. I'm not surprised that um, Georgia leapfrog. We talked about it yesterday. I'm not surprised they leapfrog. Uh, Ohio State, after they just tore uh, uh, Ole Miss apart. Um, and even though Ohio State played great, I mean, we've said on this show all along, Georgia's number one until somebody, they've won 28 in a row, until somebody beats them. Do you think, I, I, once again, we're trying to get in the heads of these guys that that uh, do this. Do you think that that was a ploy? And, 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 you know, Georgia's, once again, deservedly so to be number one, but... When Alabama and Georgia play in the SEC championship game, which, which is that's looking, already a done deal, which is uh, yeah, looking like it's going to be it, and Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. Wow! Game. If that happens, what the heck do they do? You know, it's so interesting you say that because there's that little thing on ESPN where you can do a playoff predictor and Correct. you click for a different team. Mm -hmm. I clicked last night and I was absolutely stunned. I did the thing you just pointed out. I said that. Georgia wins out rest of the season, loses to Alabama uh, in the SEC championship right. game. And I, you can pull it up maybe right now if you've got it on there. Yeah, it was a very, very surprisingly low percentage that they would be in the top four. Now, the reason I, I if I had to bet on that, and, and, and also, by the way, I played the same game with Alabama. They went out, beat Georgia – in the SEC championship, their chances of making the playoff were 97%. Okay? Georgia losing a game in that SEC championship, what was it? It was low. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm trying to do it right now. Uh, Trace brought this up earlier this week. Um, if Georgia lost to Tennessee this week, right? If Georgia plays Tennessee this week. If yep. they lost to Tennessee and then beats Alabama in the SEC championship game – they'd have a better chance of making the college football playoff than if they beat Tennessee this week and lose to, yes. to, to Alabama. Well, there's a reason for that. The, the, the reason is, is this, is that because, because you still have four other teams that are undefeated. That's the reason why. And, 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 there, and look, you and I have talked about this before, and I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I mean, if, if – Florida State and, and Washington went out. And you've got the Pac-12 and a really bad ACC. Mm -hmm. Okay? If they went out, Ohio State or Michigan, barring total disasters this weekend, one of those two is going to be undefeated. Okay? So, then you start looking at, if Alabama were to win the SEC championship game and they beat Georgia... The SEC champion has to go to the football playoff. But I was stunned that when you just do it with Georgia, their chances really dropped much further than I thought they would. If there's any team that deserves the benefit of the doubt of being in that top four with a loss, it's Georgia. If I just did it. If Georgia, if Georgia loses the SEC championship game yep. to Alabama, they go 12-1. and 1. 
their chances to make the college football playoff are 27%. Yeah, that's what I was, I was stunned. I couldn't believe yep. it. Yep. If they do the opposite, they lose to Tennessee this week and then win the SEC championship game, 12-1, and one, but SEC champions, they have an 80% chance to make it. Which I think we could all agree that if you looked at which loss was a better loss, it would certainly be losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game. It's yeah. just, it's just it's, it proves the point that it doesn't matter how many losses you have, it's when you lose. And they would have a chance to recoup after losing this week, win a game against Georgia Tech and no one cares about, then they get a big win over Alabama, and boom, they're back in. It's just, it's silly. And it, it, once again, if Ohio State, right, if they lose to Michigan, right, their chances to make the college football playoff aren't very good, right? But if they lost, I don't know, to Penn State four weeks ago, and they, they win all the games well, and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. their chances of making the college football playoff yeah. are way higher, and it's just it's just a matter of when you lose, not how you lose and who you lose to. Well, I mean, the other part of this whole thing, again, it's fascinating. You talk about Alabama. We've brought this up before. Texas beat Alabama this year. It's the only game Alabama's lost at home in their last 55 games. Texas beat them. Now, if they played today, I certainly believe Alabama would win that game. I saw Texas in person over the weekend. They sad news. They've lost their star running back for the year with a knee injury. They're good. They're not Alabama. I know they beat them, but Alabama was trying to – they had a freshman quarterback who was trying to figure it out. It was the second game of the year, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, the kid's in the race for the Heisman Trophy. Um, but I only bring this up because at the end of the day, they still beat them. But if Texas wins a Big 12 title and Alabama wins the SEC title, this is why these rankings, they may not ultimately matter right now, but it puts a committee in a little bit of a bind on where they're going to go here. Now, you can make the argument if Alabama beats number one Georgia, they should leapfrog Texas. And I, and, and I, could, I could live with that argument. But could you imagine if you're a Texas fan, you beat Alabama, you went out, you're Big 12 champ, and the team that you beat that also has one loss is in the playoff ahead of you? It's, they should have an emergency meeting and just say, all right, we're going to do an 18 playoff this year. But you're <laughs> saying it's run by Kirk Herbstreit. Kirk Herbstreit. I'm and, saying that. Yes. Yeah. And, and who else? Uh, well, it's Chick-fil-A and Dr. Pepper that they're eating and drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's mainly Kirk Herbstreit. He runs the whole thing. I, I, it'll be interesting. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, they're done, right? No yeah, they're done. No chance. No chance yeah. for them. Those Big Ten. If they are. beat Ohio State, would Ohio State be done? Well, so if you look this, up there, it, it, it's still this. a high percentage. If they if they go one loss, and they didn't make the, they said they have a forty percent chance. Yeah, I mean that's still better than Georgia's with Georgia's a loss. Georgia's is a twenty-seven. Right. right, right. I mean, you would need some help. Some other things would have to happen. And look, at the end of the day, like Jolly Jolly points out, I mean there is still plenty of chaos to go left in this whole thing because you're going to have some unbelievable games coming up here in the next. I mean, just look at this weekend. Doesn't Washington play at Oregon State this weekend? Oregon State's ranked 10th in the country. Now, I don't know if they're any good or not. I haven't watched them play. Right. But they have some good wins. They're at home, and they're 8-2 on the year. All right? If they get through that one, Washington's going to have to play Oregon again. For the Pac-12 championship game, yep. right? Oklahoma lost for a second time. They're done. But still, if Oklahoma plays Texas again, they've already beaten them once. I wouldn't put it past Oklahoma to beat Texas. 
You know, you got Georgia, Alabama. You got Georgia, Tennessee this weekend in Knoxville. You got Ohio State, Michigan. So, and, and, and look, the one team I always leave out, and they're, all, they're ranked now number 10. I think Oregon State's nine. Number 10 is now Louisville. They've lost one game. To a bad Pittsburgh bad team. team. Okay, but that was, okay, all right, all right. right. it happens. I get it. UC beat them. But, you know, Florida State looked good last week against Miami. Miami 6-4. and four. I mean, you know, they looked okay. Louisville could beat Florida State. If, they if Louisville wins the AC, if they went out and win the ACC championship, they have a 10% chance of making the college football. Yeah, yeah they're not going to make it because right. they're not going to put them. There are too many teams with one loss that are already at one loss or going to have one loss between now and then. And they're not going to leapfrog Texas or Alabama or Ohio State or Michigan or Oregon or any of those teams that have a loss. It's it, how serious would we would we be taking Louisville if they hadn't lost that game? Oh well, yeah, that mean they'd be right there. Yeah, but would they? They'd be sixth. Would they? Yeah, they'd be sixth. They'd be over Alabama and Oregon yep, they'd be and undefeated. Texas. Yep. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. I think they'd be in the same spot. I think they'd be a very similar spot. I'm just having a hard time understanding, and I know it's eyeball test, but I'm really having a hard time understanding how uh, Florida State is ahead of Washington. I, I don't get it. I mean, more complete team. Well, I mean, maybe they are. I, I you know, I don't know. But but when I just look at who they've played and who they've beaten, the best win by far on Florida State's schedule was the season opener against LSU. Well, now all of a sudden LSU, Jaden Daniels is much better now than he was in. But they, sure. they've lost three games. Washington has three wins against top 25 teams, including a win over Oregon, who right now is ranked as the best one-loss team in the country. You got the top five undefeateds, and then next is Oregon. They're ahead of Texas. They're ahead of Alabama. And Washington beat them. I yeah, and this is, where, this is where the college football committee, and this is where college football loses me a little bit. Because it's that committee, it's based on no metric, it's based on what these guys believe. So whatever Herb Street wakes up in the morning feeling, if he's got a little itch on his thigh, it's like, all right, well, I, you know what, I'm feeling like Washington's better today. So they're going to get in. And that's honest, and honest to God, that's what I believe happens. So it's not based on any metric, it's not based on, on your greatest win. It's about the eye test, and the eye test is stupid because it, it, it's subjective. Yeah. And, and there's no doubt it's been brought up in the chat, and there's some guys spot on on this deal. Because, look, you can sit there and talk about Herb Street and all that kind of stuff, and it's funny to talk about, but Randy and Nick Mormon and others, look, at the end of the day, make no mistake about it. If the committee had to pick four teams, and I'm not going to agree with them on all four, but if you want TV bonanza, mm -hmm. okay, you've got both Ohio State and Michigan, that's what I want as a non-college right? football fan. You've got Ohio State and Michigan both in there. You've got Alabama or Georgia, and you have Texas. That's what they want. All right. Mark All right. it down. Mr. Mo put a $5 super chat in. He says, if you have undefeated Big Ten champ, yep. FSU. Oh, can you imagine the ratings if FSU and Washington are in there? Go ahead. Not good. FSU, Washington, one loss Texas or one loss Alabama. You have to put Texas in. Or else the games played don't matter. Let so. me read that again now. You have undefeated Big 
10, Big Ten champ, Ohio State FSU. or Michigan. Okay, then you have Florida State, I'm assuming undefeated. Yep, Washington. Washington undefeated. And then one loss. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt about it. You have to put Texas in. Or wait a minute now. One loss Texas or one loss Alabama? Texas beat Alabama. Well, no, 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 no. no. I, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it would be definitely one loss Texas, for sure. Because Oregon would know. fall out of the mix if Washington stays undefeated. I don't know. I... It's it this is it's so funny that we are maybe getting our best case study into what the the playoff committee truly believes in the final year of the 14 playoff. Yep. Like if this happened 5 years ago it'd be so interesting to see what do they truly favor? Like what do they want cuz this is by far the craziest scenarios that we have had yep. in the college football playoff era. Yep. But we're going to have this brilliant case study on on what it truly takes to get in there, what they favor, what they like, and then they go to a 12-team playoff next year, so it's all for naught. So we get the, we finally understand it all. We finally get get behind the mythos, and then, boom, 12-team playoff, which is good. I would, I, I've said it before. I wish they would call an emergency meeting and just go, hey, we're going to play another game. We're going to have an 18-team playoff. Let's well, one thing they'd be able game. to do is, is get a huge paycheck if they could pull that stunt off. They won't, but if they could. All right. Are we ready for top five? Let's do it, Tom. Where we do always start? go in order. Reed always sets the tone. Okay. Always. Good, he has to go first. Lead off. Then Elliot will guy. go because you don't do a top five, Casey. You have your stink list. That's right. So in order, it will be Reed, Elliot, who, uh, again, just continues to blow this thing up, uh, and then me. We'll start with what, Casey? College. College. Football. Here we yep. go. This ought to be interesting. Well, yeah, this is why you come over to this side of the room. That's because right. Because of our college football takes. Yep. This is my top five. Coming in at number one is America's team. Everyone knows that America is <laughs> number one, oh, Tom. My God. That's what we all know That's in this country. Oh, so America's team, of course, they got to be number one. Michigan Brutal. Wolverines, they look damn good. Brutal. They look very, very Brutal. good. Coming in at number two, the back-to-back -back national champs, Georgia. They've got, they've got a surprisingly tough game this week. Um, Tennessee on the road. It's only about a 10-point spread, so we'll see how that one sh shapes out. That's going to be a good game, I think. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a good game. Go ahead. Uh, coming in at number three is a team that, you know, a little fraudy. A little fraudy. They, don't, they haven't looked very good at many points this year, but it's Ohio State, the Buckeyes. Most people are talking Did about. Did you say fraudy? Yeah, they haven't looked real good, Tom. They had a bad game against Michigan State this past Saturday. Really bad game. Yep, didn't look very good. But they have a top five <laughs> defense in the country, so that's why they're number three. Um, you okay. might be saying, Reed, 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 where's Washington? Where's FSU? Where's Texas? Listen, where are they? Where are they, Reed? Where are they? That's that's the question. And if you're asking me who I think the top five teams in the country are, which is the point of this power rankings, I think you got to put number four at Alabama because they have looked damn good over the past few weeks. Maybe honestly, the best team over the past month. That we've seen in college football. I have to tell you, you have put a lot of thought into this week's Power Five. Because, you know, most of the time it's bluffed in and nonsense. <laughs> but you know what? If you just went by eye test, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you got Oregon in there. They've even though they good. lost they got to the Washington. Favorite. Yeah, you got, you got Alabama in there. Um, it's interesting. All right. Let's go. Zebra. Let's go. Zebra. Bueller. All right, so here we go. We have Georgia in the number one spot. Obviously, they're the best team in the nation. Number two, we have Florida State. Listen, 
The Seminoles are here to play. They play in an, a, a very, very tough conference. I'd argue the toughest conference, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the ACC, shout out. We have Michigan. It's America's team. They're number three if they get if they get the big one over Ohio State this you year. You just blasted them on the show two days ago. No, Go I didn't ahead. blast them. Go ahead. No, I didn't. They're America's team. Well, I did blast them, Tom, but then Harbaugh eloquently said that they're America's team. So obviously, I have to, I have to, I have to stick with that. The virtues are there for Michigan. That's yeah, why it's, America it's for them. America. Number four, just making the the playoff is the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I think the Reds have a good have a good roster this year. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, and the boys they're going to be ready to play for this playoff. And number five, just outside of the bubble, or just on the bubble, I should say, is Ohio State. No, that'd be outside the bubble. O- outside the bubble, just well, they're on the bubble, right? Isn't it on the bubble means they're outside? That's right. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to put Ohio State number five. They haven't really had a good win this year. So we'll, we'll see if they can beat Michigan. Finally, they, it seems like they haven't beat them in 25 years. But uh, if they can get it done, then maybe they jump the Cincinnati Reds. We'll have hey, to see that. How long has it been since Ohio State's beat Michigan? It's been like 10 Two years. years. Two years. I, I think it's been longer than that time. No, it hasn't. It like has 25 well, years. Did they play in 2020? Oh, that's right. Michigan canceled the game because of COVID. So since we've heard they played of COVID, all their other games, but they canceled that game. Is that the real reason oh that Michigan? Oh my God! Can't, yes, Ohio that's State the reason they get. Yes, well, is that the reason that Ohio State can't beat Michigan? Ever since COVID nineteen has been a thing, Ohio State has not been able to beat Michigan. Well, maybe Michigan stole the signs from the Wuhan lab. I, was, I knew the Wuhan thing was going to come and, and up, and somehow, some way, <laughs> have taken a distinct advantage in this operation. Hey, there you go. There you but, go. I, I mean, but don't say it publicly that it came from China. Don't say that. <laughs> all right, um, politics. Politics. All right. No, I left it alone. I left it alone. <laughs> I don't think you did. I, I, I don't think you did. Well, kind of. All right. Um, top five. I take this stuff seriously. These guys don't. So do we. All right. Georgia, I've said all along, number one. Number two, Ohio State. Michigan looks great. I mean, they, they, do, they do. We'll see what's going to happen there. They look great. I have Washington, however, based on what we talked about earlier, ahead of Florida State. So that would mean Georgia v. Washington, round two, Ohio State v. TTUN in a second matchup for a national college semifinal. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake about it. Whether, whether you like Ohio State, don't like them, like Michigan, don't like them, America's team, all this stuff, make no doubt about it. At the end of the day, if you run ABC, you want to see Ohio State play Michigan for the national championship game. Because the ratings would be, it would break every rating there has ever been for a college football playoff game. What a gamble. With all the drama that would be. Can you imagine that? What a gamble that would be if the college football playoff just said, all right, all these, none of these other teams matter. We're going to pair an SEC team with a Big Ten team and an SEC with a Big Ten team. And we're like, all right, hopefully we get Ohio State versus Michigan. And then it's Alabama, Georgia again. And we're just like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio, uh, Jordan says, I think Ohio State's losing streak in the big game coincides with Ryan Day's use of beard dye. He does dye that thing, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, must. he, he does. must. He that must. thing's dark. It must. He must. Okay. Uh, Casey, are you ready? Oh, we got to do the, co- oh, we gotta do the we pro gotta do, real quick. Yep, we got to do All pro. right, we start again with Mr. Mouse. That's right, Tom. So listen. Mr. It, Mouse. If you don't Mr. have. Mouse man. The top four teams that I have, you can have them in any order. I really don't care. But if you don't have those top four teams. 
and you're on crack or something because those are by far the top four teams in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs, everyone wants to belittle them. I know they're come, they just had a bad loss against the Broncos, but they came back and beat the Dolphins. They've won seven of their last eight games. Um, the Ravens, up until I still don't understand how they lost that game against the Browns, but you know they've got the best point differential in the NFL. They, they, I mean, no one's playing better football than them other than the last half that they played against the Cleveland Browns. The Philadelphia Eagles, listen, I feel like they're kind of going under the radar. I really do because well, they're under the radar for you. They're eight and one, and they're in third. Well, yeah, they play in a like an inferior um, conference, so that's why. Yeah. Um, although you do notice that I have three teams, three NFC teams in my top five, which almost broke every every rule that I have. But I think that they're just a, a, a damn good team. They do everything so well. Jalen Hurts can can win the big one, and then the 49ers come back and they get off the bye, off three game loss, three straight losses, and they beat the pulp out of the Jags, who I had in my top five last week. Now, when you're looking at the top five, I think everyone should have those four teams in their top four. Who can you put for the top five? I thought about the Browns, the Dolphins, who I don't believe in, the Jags, right. but they just look terrible. And the only team that, that felt right putting in there was the Dallas Cowboys coming off a big win. I still am not a huge believer in the Dallas Cowboys. I still think that when push comes to shove and they play a good team, they're not gonna, they're just not going to show. They're not going to be able to win that one because that's what they've proven to me over the past few years. But at this very moment, I think they're the fifth best team in the NFL. Okay. All right. All right, Elliot, where Let's are you? Mine. Where are you? That's a good one. All right, so we got the Eagles number one. Obviously, they have the best <laughs> record in the NFL. They've lost one game, so not a whole lot to say there. The Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs are number two. Yeah. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is, is the real deal. I don't care what their offense does. The Chiefs are, are damn good. Not to mention the atrocity that is the AF well, the AFC West is coming. To, I guess the AFC West is kind of yeah. They have three teams over five hundred coming together now. That's that's pretty wild. So it's a tough division, as we just <laughs> said. Uh, and then we have the Ravens there in the third spot. So Ravens are damn good. I don't even count the last or on sun Sunday's loss to the Browns. Don't even count it because they don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. So it's kind of null and voids that. The 49ers, number four, they're still going to make a Super Bowl. I would bet my life on it. Uh, I would bet my life that the 49ers are in the Super Bowl playing that wow, game. Wow, a big That's, statement there, buddy. Big. They'd have to beat the number one team in your power rankings. Yeah, but that this is the power rankings based on this week. It's okay. not based on what I think will happen. So obviously, uh, number five, that would be the Giants if they had Eli Manning. Because if they had Eli Manning, they'd be significantly better than Tony Soprano's son, Danny DeVito. And that's who they have running out there every week. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that guy's dad. He looks like he looks like Tony Soprano. He does. He, yeah, Daniel it's, it's, Jones's dad. No, not, oh, no, Dan Danny DeVito. Right. Oh. Their quarterback, Danny DeVito's quarterback. He's been horrible. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the sport. But the good news is he looks like Danny DeVito, or he looks like sorry, not Danny DeVito. He looks like uh, Tony Soprano's son. So he so, might have something to fall back on if football doesn't that's work right. out. That's right. Soprano's too. Come check it out. Did they live or did they die at the end? We'll never know. But you will in Sopranos. Are they going to make a movie be. about that or no? Well, they made a prequel. They made a prequel using. Yeah, uh, I know that, but I'm saying, oh, the, well, they can't. What am I talking about? Well, they, yeah. the, the lead actor died. Well, what well, they could because they could just have him die. Because then it would well, make I know, sense. But then the it would take away. It, it wouldn't be the same. He was it wouldn't the, be the same. It wouldn't be the same. He, he was the man. He was the man. I mean, it'd be like taking out the main guy in, in Peaky Blinders. Well, you know, they took out, well, we think they took out Jax in. Um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Know? So, all right. Casey, we got your we got your. Top I know five. that. Huh? Let's just run it up there because I want to get to your stink list. A lot of people in the chat are wondering what is going. All right, I got the Eagles number one. They got one loss. End of story. 
Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think the Niners uh, are, are getting back to full strength, and they proved what you can do when they get it going. I mean, they bludgeoned Reed Mouse's Jaguars. The Ravens Jaguars. at number four. And look, again, I prefaced a minute ago, and I'm going to say it again. All right? I am basing this on what has happened so far. We just learned today that Deshaun Watson is out for the year. Okay? So that number five choice of the Brownies is subject to change. But as of today, I think they deserve to be in the top five. And without further ado, that brings us, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, among all the others, Casey, we ought to have an intro for this, some kind of musical intro. I know we have a graphic intro, but I mean a musical intro. Yeah, I need to I need to do a better job at uh, uh, coming up with some of the music for yeah. for the our, we our do. stuff. But you know, this time I I don't know where I put it. I oh my god, oh. the show started oh, today. There, there the show there started go. today. That was on me by too. no sound. That was on me. No Joe Burrow. <laughs> Actually, the head of the stink list should be this show today. Oh Tom, come oh, on, go man. ahead. Come on now, so Tom. Take it away. This is this. Sometimes week. you got to look yourself in the mirror and call it like it is. That's Go right. Ahead. That's actually fair. That's right, Tom. That's this show's been a disaster. Well, yeah. From start to finish. Yeah. Well, as we do every week now, I reveal the uh, the second to bottom part of the tier list and just keep moving on up. Cardinals got a solid win. Um, same with the Denver Broncos, so they slide up, and then now the uh, Buccaneers after handling their business, are now leading the nauseating column. Again, this is the list of guys that are just, their season's probably already done, but they're just hanging around, having a good time, just no expectations for these guys going forward. Then we have this list here, um, the stench list. These guys are frisky. They have a chance to make some noise. Bills leading the charge right now. They dropped a horrible loss. Yes, because they they're just unorganized. Yep. And it just It's a consistent factor for them that they're just going to lose close games from ridiculous matters. like And, and fired their offensive coordinator yesterday. Yeah, so they have to lead the list. The Vikings are moving up quite a bit, though, in all honesty. With Josh Dobbs, they still look like they're a legit team, um, can, can make a push you to have a make a wild card. Of them. Yeah, they, they I mean, move from nausea to stitch. Okay, yeah. all right. And uh, let's keep moving forward to the stink part of this list these three teams um there's just something off about them there's like one thing that's just critically missing and if they can get it fixed they probably move up but they just stink they just have a little little smell to them and you know you want that stink out of your room like you don't really want to deal with it so you just like a bad pair of shoes yeah Yeah. you just you just just don't know what to do with them like you need you need those shoes in order to function to do some of those things but but put them outside when you go to bed at night that's right 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 out on the porch and then we go to the odorless category these four teams they 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 are pretty darn pretty darn good i think they're gonna make it to the playoffs i think that uh that they that they are in a groove i think the Bengals took a step back they were all the way up at at exquisite i wasn't gonna put them at stink because they almost won the football game. I mean, they, they are one drop away from winning that football game. Texans, they move up because I think they proved a lot. They they played really, really good against a Super Bowl contending team, a team that wants to win their division. 
and they have been lights out for a couple weeks now. I, I'm going to give them their respect. Miami, number one offense in the league. Dallas, they love to get after the quarterback. They love blowing out really bad teams. They almost beat the Eagles, and I think it's fair for them to be right on the edge of the fresh category, which these three teams, they – shoe in for the playoffs more than likely they either are in really bad divisions or their just team is really really good they have a really good roster and keep winning games even with injury even even when things look bleak okay but now we're missing some teams and we're still missing some teams we're going to talk about the exquisite category these are the two teams that whoever wins against each other they play each other late down the stretch of the season i think we'll probably end up being in their super bowl for their conference it's either going to be the Eagles or the 49ers. And I don't think it's that close. I don't think the Lions can touch them. I don't think the Cowboys – I know they almost beat the Eagles, but I think there's a reason why they lost, and that's inevitably because they have a really bad quarterback when it comes to crunch time. And the rest of the NFC is pretty lame. So without further ado, we got to talk about the putrid list, which those four teams – Made it there last week. The Giants, Washington, Patriots, Panthers. They're completely out of it. The Browns, they moved down all the way to Putrid. I was going to move them, Tom. I was going to move them up. But with the news about Deshaun Watson, there's just no hope. And I feel, I honestly feel bad for doing this. I feel bad for the Browns fans because they, they had a glimmer of hope. They beat their big brother, the Baltimore Ravens. And what happens? They lose their quarterback for the year. They lose the guy that threw 14 straight complete passes for five yards each pass. Man, that was such a great comeback. He was starting to come into his own MVP-type form, and he's out. Such a shame for the Cleveland Browns. Mm. They're at the bottom of the Petrid list, Tom. Mm. Okay. Do you all agree right. with that list, Tom? What's yeah. that? Do you agree with well, that? I agree with almost all of it. I mean, we know the shtick there at the end with the Brownies. But I got to tell you, you know, other than that, not, not too bad. Um, I think the Bengals are better than the Steelers, but right now I'd have to put both the Steelers and the Jags ahead of the Bengals. I would agree. Season end of the day, both of them would be in the playoffs. Bengals would not. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not about the, it's uh, not about the up there. We can do standings. Yeah, it's not oh, standings. It's about, it's about this is more of an eye test, a feel thing for Casey. It's I about get. who stinks worse. Yeah, What's it's not that? an eye test. It's, it's not about who's test. better. It's about it's who stinks. I, yeah, I, 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 I guess, although I don't understand the infatuation with you guys and so many others of always beating down Cleveland. Oh, I this told you, Tom. This is our brethren in the Buckeye State. I wasn't going to put them down all the this way at the bottom. This is our brethren. I wasn't, I wasn't going to put them They are the Buckeyes up there. Well, they call us Kentucky, so. Yeah, I don't like that. They don't, they don't like us. I was going to have him up a lot higher, Tom. I just, with the news about Deshaun Watson, there's no way in the world. That's fair. I was going to put him any higher than Putrid. Uh, their season's fair. basically over. Been, I mean, I, Haro here in the chat, Tom is a Bengal hater. That is just, it's, it's absolutely Ooh. ludicrous. Ludicrous. A lot of people on X.com are saying you're a Bengal hater, Tom. How do you, how do you, how do They're you? They're saying that on X.com? That's what I'm seeing on X.com. How do you refute I'm this? I'm probably blocked for most of the people that write that stuff. <laughs> Tom, I don't know if you've seen – I know you know one of the, the primetime games this week. Obviously, it's Bengals versus Ravens tomorrow, yes. Thursday. Did you see how we end the, the primetime slate this week? Um, no. Monday night in Arrowhead, Philadelphia Eagles versus yes. the Kansas City that's Chiefs. That's a big time game. Yeah, that's big time. Get in price. You want to take a gander at what get in to Arrowhead cost? Uh, just get in, top row. Yep, get 250. in. 250. 
343 dollars wow okay just to get in there okay cost 80 dollars to get into um bank stadium the bank tomorrow the bank the bank yikes yeah mr mo points out i i just don't sit around and cheerlead i got a question for you i thought about this yesterday and i'm being totally serious made me think i want you to just think about this for a second now i'm gonna wait until friday to ask this question I'm going to wait until Friday. Is I'm it about get, the Bengals? Yes, I'm going to give everybody a little rope. Well, you, A little you, rope because I can tell you right now, and I'm just telling you ahead of time. Well, does it? They better look good on Thursday night because that rope, you ever seen when a cowboy is yeah, sitting well, there? Lasso. Got a lot of and wham. And they, hit that, they, and they hit the steer, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's just a pow, off your feet, down you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did go skills in. That's what's coming Friday. If this act doesn't get together. So if they lose tomorrow. I mean, well, it all depend on, yeah, I said, it depends on the body of work in the game. Okay. I mean, they go compete, ready to play, ready to play right from the start. And I really believe, I really believe the start of this game, and we'll get into a lot more tomorrow. The Bengals we've talked about on the first drive of the game. They've tied an NFL record. They have a touchdown in five straight games. Last done by the 2016 Atlanta Falcons, I think it was. Matt Ryan, the quarterback. The Ravens have bludgeoned teams in the opening quarter. For that matter, the opening half. When the Ravens lose Almost every time they lose, it is a collapse in the fourth quarter. You heard Mike Brennan talk about it earlier. One of the big topics in Baltimore this week is what happens to the run game in the second half when you have the lead, the play calling. They're like, why are we throwing the ball all the time when the other team needs to get the ball back and we throw incomplete, we throw incomplete, we throw incomplete. Clock stop, clock stop, clock stop. Other team gets the ball back, here they come. Now we do it all over again. I mean, the run game just vanishes for them. And and it just doesn't, it makes you just kind of scratch your head like Harbaugh's a great coach. Now, he's not the offensive play caller. But he can overrule anything, anything he wants, anytime, any head coach can. Unless they're the play caller like we have here with the Bengals and Zach Taylor. But... Getting out to an early lead in this game is going to be critical for either team, and especially if the Bengals fall behind. Even though Baltimore's tended to fade late, and let's be honest, if you had to bet money, right? If you had to bet money on the Bengals or the Ravens in the last seven or eight minutes to win a game, I'm taking Burrow over Jackson. 100%. Sure. Right? Sure. Okay. But... I don't like my chances if I'm behind with seven minutes left in the go and Baltimore has the offense and now they can start to run the ball. I don't like my chances. Tom, in the two most recent losses that the Ravens have, they have gotten outscored in the fourth quarter 30-7. to Yeah. And they lost both by one score games. Yeah. I mean, that's been their M.O. when they lose, is they lose late. Uh, their last seven losses, they've gone into the fourth quarter with a lead and blown the game. So, you know, you can say, well, why would the start be a big deal if the Bengals can finish strong? Hey, look, why not start fast, not go to sleep on the second and third and fourth series of the game, which we documented 
thanks to your good friend Austin Elmore yesterday. That's right. Um, and, 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 and Casey, the, somebody's got to step up in the receiving core outside of Chase because Higgins ain't going to play. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that um, Charlie and Trenton Irwin can, can do, do something. I don't know if uh, they've cleared Charlie yet, but uh, Yoshi, he's hurt. I don't think he's going to be playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. You don't like that. China doll, right? I'm, I didn't say it. You said it. You yeah. said it, Casey. But, yeah, Jamar Chase cannot be the only guy doing something. Tyler Boyd right? had 110 receiving yards last I, week. I know, but that, a lot of that came. One was on 60 yards, but what, Jamar Chase had a 70-yard reception, too. Yeah, I – Again, they, they need to they need to be more consistent. They need to show out early and you know, not rely on the, the big flashy plays. They gotta be highly efficient in order to keep the ball away from the Ravens so then they can't do the same thing to us. Right. So let, let me ask you this, because I've been thinking about this. Uh, if this season goes south, they lose on Thursday and they miss the postseason, right? Obviously, this is, would be a big if. There's a lot of season left to, left to play. So if they lose to the Ravens, it by no means ends their season, but it puts you certainly on that track. Right. Ends the division, right? Well, it ends if, the division, if, yeah. they, if the Bengals missed the playoffs this year, would that be the end of Zach Taylor? Nope. No way. Nope. No, not, not even a little not, bit. Not saying, not saying that not even a little should bit. it be. I'm just telling you that they're not going to fire Zach no. Taylor. I mean, yeah. I mean, firing Zach Taylor this year is just as likely as us talking about the, the Bengals trading at the trade deadline. Both those things not going to happen. It will. It would take legitimately a, a disaster of a year for Zach Taylor to be fired. If he if he meanders around five hundred for the next three years, he's still our coach. I you'd have, have to, you would legitimately. Uh, have to that's up. not going to happen. My my thing that's is that's not going to happen. And again, I, I know he years at five hundred with Joe Burrow under a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Now he's thirty years old. Hold, no, 500 ain't going to cut it. I'm with you about this year. If they don't make the playoffs, there's no way they're letting them go. No way. And you know what? Shouldn't. Uh, based on just what has I agree. happened they should, I agree the they should not years. let him go. But I now, agree. after next year, all bets are off. All bets are off. But man, you know, you, you just look at this Bengals team this year. And think where they might be next year as far as just straight-up personnel is concerned. And I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. They've got a game tomorrow night. They've got a season this year. But how would the Bengals look without T. Higgins? How would the Bengals look without T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? How would the Bengals look without T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and D.J. Reader? How would they look without Joe Mixon? I got to tell you, boys, those are all very, very real possibilities. All are free agents. Well, technically, they could tag uh, Higgins, but they're not going to do it. They're not going to pay him $20 million next year. No, Elliot, my, my, do, you, do you think that they should fire Zach Taylor if they don't make the postseason? Yeah, they should. I they don't should, think so. They should fire Zach Taylor. I like If they don't make the postseason and they have a losing record, they should not, he should not be back. I'm well, they kept I, Marvin I, Lewis for for ten years is, with yeah, a five hundred record I've been, I've been, and never won a playoff I, game. I, I, I get it, but this is completely different. This is nobody thought they'd change the, the name of the stadium. Nobody thought we'd pay a quarterback two hundred and seventy million dollars. I, I I think Elizabeth Blackburn and everybody else they've got up there. It, it's a new direction for this franchise. If they miss the playoffs, when when the stock for the Bengals has quite literally never been higher than it is right now, if they miss the postseason. 
And, and, the, and the fan base is calling for it. I'm not saying you have to listen to the fans every wish. The fans are stupid, like myself. We're, we're just silly, stupid, reactionary fans. But if you have Joe Burrow, if you have the weapons that we've had this season with an offensive line that's, well, I think Tom said, it's ranked sixth in payroll uh, across the National Football League. If you look at the talent on this roster and you miss the postseason, and even if you, if you had a losing record, it would be a done deal for me. If you can't, if you can't have a positive win differential in the NFL with this roster, you, there's no excuse for it. Injuries are no. I would tell. I'll tell you what. I I agree with Elliot, but not the head coaching job. They would tell him you gotta go find another offensive coordinator. I'm cool with that. Which I'm which cool then maybe maybe you're looking at Brian Callahan not being here anymore, and or then you still, let Callahan call the plays. Right, something like that to that degree where there's a major change in the in the way that the the, the plays are called or the coaching staff. I also have a, another interesting take. If we're gonna be on the coaching for a second, Luana Rumo, the way that he's coached his defense this year, I don't think we'll get another job. I mean, he's oh, yeah, bottom yeah. bottom of the league in, in yards at the current moment. Yeah, the 31st in the league. Right? Yeah, well, let's see on that. But the, 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 the idea of there not being any, like, that they're going to just cut bait after this year, I just don't think that's going to happen. They're going to have more continuity now more than ever. I think so many franchises have hurt them and shot themselves in the foot by not by, – by ruining their continuity. Zach Taylor – for all of his faults, and there's plenty of them. We all know it. But at the same jest, took this team to the Super Bowl, took this team to the AFC Championship game. I'm not willing to, to cut bait just because they didn't make the postseason one year. Now, like Tom said, if it's two years in a row, if they don't, if they don't make it this year and next year, then sure. Whatever. The, yeah, whatever. Yeah, let, let, let's go in a new direction. But after this year, if they don't make the postseason, after one bad year and the, Joe, and the true Joe Burrow era, then no. But here's the difference. Uh, can we the Bengals seemingly appear to be similar to the Chiefs in that they're very successful, right? I, obviously, the Chiefs are nowhere near the stratosphere in the terms that they've won several Super Bowls. But you think of the Bengals and the Chiefs, top of the top of the class, top of the top of the division, top of the conference. Um, as I find my words here, but my point is, if the Chiefs were to miss the postseason, obviously nobody would fire Andy Reid. But the reason they won't do that is because they'll never miss the postseason. But here's the thing about Andy Reid is. Andy Reid, when he got to Kansas City, people forget this. He was Marvin Lewis over there. They made the postseason like five of six years and didn't win a game. It's fair. And they didn't call for his head. They get Patrick Mahomes, and they start winning games left and right. So continuity is so important in the NFL, and I don't think enough people recognize that. Once again, if it's two consecutive years of bad football, then the continuity is that this team can't get it done. That's the continuity. Then you cut bait. When there's continuity that this team can go to the AFC Championship game, when the continuity is this team can be a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl, you keep that continuity going, not just because of one bad year. You roll yeah. it for at least another year. Well, You've got to see what Zach I think Taylor what happened is for sure is that there would be a change in play calling. I think you'd have to pacify the doubters with something. Right, right. And I mean, firing Brian Callahan, I mean, come on. It's not on Brian Callahan. Right. Come on. I mean, really. Yeah, but, it, it, but it could fall on his shoulder well, in could, that scenario. It could, and it tends to trickle down. You know, it's like that nonsense with, you know, Ken Dorsey and, 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 you know, they can't get 12 men on the field. I mean, their offense stunk, but they scored enough to win the game. Right. They scored enough to win the game. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, they can't get 12 guys on the field, and you're canning the offensive coordinator. It's like Penn State. 
They literally cannot find their tail with both hands in a big game for 10 years now. All under James Franklin. For 99% of the programs in America, winning 10 games and going to a New Year's Six Bowl game is like an unbelievable achievement. And it is an unbelievable achievement. But not if you're the coach at Penn State. And what's he do? They face two of the best defenses in the country, in Ohio State and Michigan, in the last four weeks. It's almost impossible to look worse on offense than they looked. I mean, the Drew Aller kid, first year as a starter, five-year or you know, five-star recruit out of Ohio, ironically. Mm-hmm. It was ironic when Ohio State played Penn State that the Ohio State quarterback was from Pennsylvania and the Penn State quarterback was from Ohio. But, I mean, he just looked – he looked like the proverbial deer in the headlights. He couldn't do anything. He threw for less than 70 yards. And against Ohio State, they were 0 for their first 15 on third down. And what's James Franklin do? He fires the offensive coordinator. But you think the Bengals would change their play calling? You would, you would, you would think Zach I Taylor think loses that, play I think that games? I think somebody would go and say, hey, look. Um, I don't think that happens. I'm not saying I'm right on that. I'm just saying you're going to have to do something. The fans, Because were- I tell you, where the, where the Bengals lost me, and I love Marvin Lewis. I just think, you know, he stood for all the right things. He did it the right way. I wish he would have won playoff games and that kind of thing. But look, the, the BS that he put up with when he took over that franchise to clean up what was the biggest single mess in, in maybe in football history was that mess of the 1990s down at, at, at Paycor Stadium. They were awful. They had some great players, but they were every year. I mean, you know, through the David Shula days and all that. Marvin comes in. He builds a roster. He evaluates talent. And and here we go. Now, he had some guys that stepped over the line. But he he gets them to the playoffs. They have a good draft with Dalton and A.J. Green and all that. They get to the playoffs or compete to get there virtually every year. But then there came a point where they had the one really bad year with that group. And they brought Marvin back. They lost me on that one. Yeah. Jolly and I jo- don't think the fan base is going to be lost if they don't make the playoffs this year. But they are going to start asking enough questions as to the ones you asked. With this roster, with these offensive weapons, something on the offensive side of the ball is going to have to change. And I think it's going to be play call. Jolly Jolly asked in the chat, do you think it's weird that we didn't lose a single coordinator after going back-to-back AFC championship games? I think it's very weird. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they, both of their coordinators were gone. I mean, lost the Super Bowl. Forgive me, lost Kansas City. But, you know, the lost their coordinators to Arizona and Indianapolis. Have the Chiefs lost a, lost a coordinator? Well, the enemy left on his they, own. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying, like, they haven't lost a, a No, but their defensive to, to coordinators coach. had his shot. Spagnola. Uh, at being a hedge coach, not to say he shouldn't, he shouldn't, you know, get another chance. Maybe he should, because I think guys can get a chance at a very young age and not be ready for the job. I feel terrible for the guy down at Mississippi State that got fired. And I know nobody around here cares, but I feel terrible for the guy. I mean, he's around there. He's Mike Leach's guy. He's one of the top assistants in the country. Mike Leach dies. They make him the head coach. You know, they're going to be four and six or whatever it is, and it's his first year. Bam, canned. Two days ago. Continuity. Uh, in his 30s. 
Um, okay, you have a top five Correct. today. Am I right or wrong? You do. I, All right, no musical right. intro on this either, right? No, no, no intro. We got to start getting to work on this stuff. Yeah, so here's the thing. I, I opened it up to x.com. We talked about this earlier in the show. I said, listen, I do a top five every Wednesday. Um, I said, what do you guys want this top five to be? I put out there, do you want it to be America's team? Do you want it to be a, a compilation of Drew Sample's best plays? A lot of blocks in that top five there would be. Or do you want to see the top five things about the city of Baltimore. You guys have chosen the city of Baltimore. So without further ado, here's our top five. All right, I can't wait to see it because there's a lot of great things about the city of Baltimore and its history. A lot. I I hope some of them show up. I hope so too. Founded 295 years ago in 1729. So longstanding city. So number five coming in is the food of uh, Baltimore and what's famous is there is their crab cakes. You no go to doubt. Maryland, they're fantastic, Unreal. right? You get that old bay seasoning on them. Unreal. They're 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 really if you haven't been to Maryland, if you haven't had a good crab cake from there, absolutely fantastic. And you might be asking me, Reed, what could be better than the crab cakes from from Maryland and Baltimore? Well that's a good answer. Number four coming in is one of the best ballparks in Major League Baseball. That's Camden Yards. You know noted for kind of starting this trend of these new open ballparks. Really, since Camden Yard had opened, it's a beautiful ballpark. every ballpark has yes, kind it of is. modeled itself after Camden Yard. That's why they all look kind of similar now, yep. all the new ones. They're, you're so, right. They, they were the trendsetter. They were. And, and what they did to the left field wall was kind of crazy this past year. But still, a beautiful, beautiful park. And that's why it comes in at number four. Still plenty of beautiful things about the city of Baltimore. One is maybe what it's best known for and that is one of the best tv shows of all time the wire no doubt it's a fantastic which is a foreshadowing of the days now in baltimore please continue oh yes right go ahead it is that is a big time show it's some say the best of all time correct it's baltimore tom the gods will not save you shit Chain of Command, McNulty, all those fun little sayings from the wall from the wire but that comes in at number three so Crab Cakes, Camden Yards, The Wire. People might be asking, what else is there about the city of Baltimore? Are you going to put in Edgar Allan Poe? No, none of that. Oh, man. but That's a big time what, name there. Number two coming in here is what maybe I most love about it. It's not number one on today's list, but it's what I most love. It's the athletes that play there, stand-up guys. And I'm going to highlight two in particular. Ray Lewis and Steve Smith. When you think about stand-up guys in the National Football League, you think of these two guys. They stand for everything good that is about sportsmanship and athletics, played the game the right way, and then outside of the stadium where we're just stand-up citizens. So Ray Lewis and Steve Smith coming in at number two. So number one, so Tom, when you think of Cincinnati, when you think of cities in general, you think, how can you have fun, Right. What can you do to have fun? How right. can you enjoy yourself in a city? So like Cincinnati, we have amusement parks, right? We, we have we have Kings Island. Yep. Um, you go down to Orlando, plenty of amusement parks, a lot of places to have fun, um, really just enjoy yourself. In in Baltimore, they don't they don't have amusement parks. So how can you get the blood pumping, you know, like riding down a, sure. a roller coaster, really, really get it going? Sure. What they have is fearing for your life. When you go to Baltimore, oh boy. <laughs> you fear for your life. That's how you get your blood pumping. 
You just go there, and if you make it out alive, that's the enjoyment. That's the fun you have at Baltimore. You go there. You don't know if he's coming home. That's why you never buy a round-trip ticket to Baltimore because you might just be wasting money. So buy a one-way <laughs> ticket there. When it's time to go home, you buy another ticket, and maybe you get to go home. But that's number one, fearing for your life that's at Baltimore. Good. Cities with the biggest homicide rate, and that's based on per 100,000. Mm-hmm. Baltimore comes in number two behind Atlanta. Ooh, I thought St. Louis would be up St. there. St. Louis is right there. But it's interesting to note that uh, Cincinnati, our hometown, while mm-hmm. we have our fair share of problems, and make no mistake, we do. Correct. Cincinnati is not on the top 45. How is about Chicago that? up there? What? Is Chicago in the top 10? Uh, oh, a- yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they? Are they? Yeah, yeah they're seven. Oh, yeah, they're seven. <laughs> Detroit number three. And, by, and I, I know, Reed, so Reed, what was the number one there? Uh, fearing for your life. Okay, my. If, can I give you an honorable mention? Yeah. Uh, my honorable, my honorable mention is the aquarium. I think it's, I think it's really good. I, I went to the aquarium with my dad. We went to uh, Camden Yards. We had a big trip. Uh, we went to Baltimore. We went to DC or all, all around that area. Uh, so I, I, I love the aquarium. I thought the aquarium had some really cool fish. Nice, nice. Okay. There you go. Honorable mention. All right. Do we have a cherry on top today? We do, Tom. Wow. We do. And this one, this one's brought in from the uh, the paparazzi that we that we uh, that we have here at Chatterbox we have Studio. Paparazzi? We do. We do. We have this um, we have this image here that was um, that that was leaked. It's Elliot with with a who who is that Elliot? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Who is that Elliot? <laughs> who is that Elliot? I mean, this is a why, show. Why is this wondering. getting pub? Who is who is that? Why Elliot? is this getting pub? Get it off. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm fine, Tom. I, I I heard them laughing over there in the other room. I, I listen. I'm I'm happy for them. They had a funny little joke there. They're taking pictures of me. It started with Reed. It trickled down to Casey. Started with me. What did Quitter I Paul, do? Quitter Paul got what in on I it. Do? Then Everett started getting it. Then Trace and Sean over there in their little hideout over there. They, everybody started doing it to me, and that's fine. So I, I, I have, I have no worries. We should not be putting people on the show without their approval. That's right, Tom. That's right. I agree with Tom 100. percent Yes. So I am sorry for whomever that is. I am also um, sorry. I for apologize them. profusely. Tom, give this show a, 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 a grade. A grade? Yes. It was already at a D. It just went to a D minus. <laughs> I give it an F. You know the best part, Tom? We get to try again tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. Tomorrow's big day. Bengali's v. Baltimore. We are excited about that. Hey, you know who's going to join us tomorrow is in Gravens. Our buddy from Awesome. Boulder. Yeah. He Love was that. flying today. Lives down in Florida. He's like the Zim Hude for the uh, for the yep. Um, yep. for the Ravens. Great dude. Really like this guy a lot. Uh, and we got to get Zim on. I'm getting Zim on Friday. I know he'll be at that game tomorrow night because yeah, he lives over there. in DC. Yeah, he's from. Around. We'll get him on Friday. All right, but tomorrow we got the game. But lots going on. So I want to make sure I got all the programming covered here. We have box lunch correct. for members coming up right now. Right correct. Now. We have Casey. Your show, which begins at what time? 7.30. Along with JT, 7.30, Chatterbox Sports. And then we have Nick Kirby and Trace Fowler on Chatterbox Reds at 9.30. 30. All right. Busy and if you day. Go on, and if you go on the, the videos page of our YouTube channel, you'll see a preview from Kyle Kasky. You can oh, watch that's that right. Whenever. Forgive you me. can right. watch that whenever. Yep, absolutely. All right.
Everybody, we thank you so much for joining us. We apologize for all this around here. Actually, I apologize. Yeah, I'll apologize too, Tom. Okay. See, the real men in the room are going to take the blame for this and That's apologize. Right. I apologize. The way it started, the way it ended. That's right. Right. Now, That's right. in defense of the Spectrum outage, Tom, I don't know if you saw this, but Spectrum had a had a company-wide outage right when we started the show. So that's why we went off the air for a couple of minutes. Well, naturally. Okay. Box Lunch coming up right now. Have a great day. Here we go. Box Lunch.